Ryan Reynolds here from Mint Mobile. With the price of just about everything going up during inflation, we thought we'd bring our prices down. So to help us, we brought in a reverse auctioneer, which is apparently a thing. Mint Mobile Unlimited Premium Wireless. How to get 30, 30, to get 30, how to get 20, 20, 20, how to get 20, 20, to get 15, 15, 15, 15, just 15 bucks a month? So, Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. I was sprightly, gents. Very. It's been Day a lot. three. It's been a long week, hasn't it? Been a long week. Day three of the road trip. Productive week. A very productive week. Three three recordings in. We're currently in the in the big smoke. Yes. Can't wait to get home, to be honest with you. Yeah. I'm missing it. Just, just that tube thing and that swarming it. He's been whinging, hasn't he? He's been whinging. <laughs> Carrying all this stuff through. Do you know what? Another thing that gets me, right? And Too I'm many just, people. I'm sure. I'm sure you all know how to do something. Every time I go to tap my phone on that fucking barrier thing at Tube, never happens. <laughs> Every time. Because you're yeah, doing it on the barcode. Because you're too big, you have to go through. <laughs> <laughs> whoa, 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 on gate seven. Hold that one. Can you go through the prams? <laughs> <sir>? <laughs> 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 Yeah, every single time. It never just happens like it does for everybody else. So that uh, pisses us off in London. But now, productive trip. Phil Brown. Phil Brown. Sweet, you saw Phil. We'll, we'll, should we just leave it at that? We'll leave, leave it, it for that. the episode. We saw Phil. Yeah. We'll leave it for the episode. He was smartly dressed, wasn't he? Yeah. He was always going to be, though. Yeah. Hey, how did the uh, walk go? You did... Tough. Yeah? Very tough. 60 mile in 23 hours. 15 minutes. I tell you what's even tougher than that is being too busy to be able to do the walk. That were tough, let me tell you. Couldn't find your walking shoes either, could you? No, until I looked right at the front of the garage and there they were. I thought they were in the back. So I was searching through the back and that and then, lo and behold, looks in the garage, day of the walk when it's too late to change plans and they are. Already set off. Right at the front. Oh, I've just found them. We were walking past your old house at three in the morning. No, a bit earlier, two o'clock in the morning. The one where you moved in? Yeah. Did you walk our, our, our house. Oh, our house, yeah. Yeah. There's probably and, uh, still socks fucking floating about <laughs> Down the couch. <laughs> and there was a car pulled into the lay-by with his lights on and I'd just seen a dog running around. Keep lad. <laughs> <laughs> so we've got her about 10 yards away and he's going, oh, it's a friendly dog, lads, it's a friendly dog. Some fella comes out of the car. What's this, at three o'clock in the morning? Bit earlier, say two. <laughs> but, but weird. But middle at night. Very weird. Yeah. So... He said something like, oh, keep going, lads, keep going. And we're thinking, this is not right, that. And then he's pulled a bag from behind his uh, back and gone, oh, hey, I've got some spice for you. And Tommy thought that he, Tommy Spur thought that he meant drugs. <laughs> so he's like, oh, fuck off, mate. We don't want any of that shit. <laughs> but it was sweets. <laughs> He'd been following the walk on social media. Why did he come in? Came to support him. Tommy's fucked him off. <laughs> Fuck off, mate. We don't want any of that shit. <laughs> did you manage tough. to converse after that, or did you just fucking trot no, off? No, he, he's, no. I don't mean. I don't mean drugs, you dickhead. <laughs> and he had, he's like got Harry Potter. It's tough enough as it is. Yeah. We, we're not fucking walking after having some of that spice, Jobby. Unbelievable. <laughs> been following it, and I don't know how long he was there because he didn't know where we were. He just knew well, that well, we'd well, be well, going well, that lane. Well, like the, the back lane or... You know, your old workman's, the thingy club. Oh, yeah. From your old house down there. And he was just pulled into a lay-by. So did you fill your boots? Bless him, he got a um, little Rio Easter egg. And me and Tommy somehow... See, that's what, that's what people from Barnsley are like. Yeah. But he could have been there. If, he's just looked look and thought, roughly, between 12 and 3, they'll be passing <laughs> Darfield. I'm just looking out, love. <laughs> it's, a, it's a friendly dog, lads. It's a friendly dog. <laughs> 
<laughs> Fuck off, mate. I don't want any of that shit. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. oh. so but this was for, for Tommy's lad. For Rio. For Rio. Yeah. Um, Incredible effort, let me tell you. Yeah. Thank you very much. Incredible well effort. Done. It was. Uh, Could rearrange the next one when I can do it? Let me fucking champion. No problem. But he's got. And what a turnout this is, by the way, from from the lads. Um, he's Rio Spurs Steel City Derby, Sunday the 14th of May in Sheffield Olympic Legacy Park. And some of the, like, fair play to everybody for turning up. We've got Ron Atkinson managing Sheffield Wednesday. And Neil Warnock. Hopefully it's a sunny day. <laughs> <laughs> Neil Warnock managing Sheffield United. Can we get some guests, Eric? You know, go down and start networking. Well, yeah. Yeah, good shot, <laughs> <laughs> Johnny, we need to show people this. Oh, my God. He told us about it on way down, didn't he? He said, I've got a new jacket. <laughs> so at first look, it looks... An awful denim colour. Well, it's a stone wash. It's yeah. 1980s. It's been washed plenty of times. We've got the... It's brand new. I mean, that's attachable. Oh, so a, there's, a, there's a pro. But the USP is the... Um, Stunning. I don't even know. T-Man, innit? T-Man. T-Man. And Skeletor. I love it. And it's a double XL. Absolutely <laughs> love it. Um, it's too, far far too big for him. Custom made, did you say? Yeah, custom made that. When, as soon as I saw it on rack, I was like, I know he's going to love that. What shop, what, <laughs> I know he's going to love that. <laughs> what shop do you go into for that to be on a rack? Oh, specialist stuff, that, John. Yeah. It's horrible, innit? And we said, you know what will look nice with us? A misshaped woolly jumper. 15-year-old, this jumper. Don't With a, a, a high-neck high T-shirt that used to be white. Yeah. So Spot that, on. That monkey yellow. You know, I, I don't know what... I, I don't know if, it's, if it were a paint, they'd put it monkey yellow, wouldn't they? <laughs> Jill looks monkey yellow. <laughs> I see it on rack. I said, I called Rosa and I went, John is going to absolutely love this. How much? <laughs> it didn't shut up about Get it, Get it on my back. No, no, I've not shut up about it. It's fucking barbaric. <laughs> Roderick, will have been out last week? Yes. Yeah, well, it's a good, don't know yet, because it's not been released yet. Everybody might hate it. <laughs> <laughs> so we don't I'm, know. I'm, I'm sure the way. presumptuous. I'm sure the way. But yeah, Roderick. I'm glad, he's, I'm glad we found out his real name. Yeah. Because obviously everyone calls him Rod. And Matt, you've just done the posters, haven't you? Rodney. He was going to be Rodney. He was going to be Rodney, passed it everywhere. That would have been just so's, wouldn't it? Yeah, but he, he's, it's Roderick. Truly the biggest name, whether you like him or not, that somebody's been associated with doing a few rounds with, with Donald. Yeah, not not, not the duck either. No, no, no. With Donald. He must so one of them that where you shake his head and think, how the fuck am I yeah. in this situation? Yeah. Like seven, eight years ago, I were I were at fucking local swimming baths. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Yellow bands out. <laughs> Stop it, running. It must be just be mad though to be in that situation. You know, like as a man United fan and then it. Fair yeah, play to him. He's passes obviously, and everything. He's, he must have been good at his job, but he wouldn't have been in it for so long, would he? Yeah, and England. And they got the well. England job. And... Once they got the call up. Yeah. This is a good episode today. Colka. It's a very good episode. For a lot of lot of reasons. Yeah. Important message, isn't they? Yeah, it's a it's a, an up and down one, isn't it? Yeah. Like we a bit Clark Carlisle esque yeah. at times. Really mm. like them. Mm. And he's still at we're still at Wigan now. Mm -hmm. They're in a bit of a sticky patch as well, aren't they? Ah, the folk, I think, yeah. Not getting people paid and whatnot. Yeah, uh, well, I know Stephen did a thing on, I think it was LinkedIn, wasn't it, about not getting paid and quite recently. Yeah. So, Can I just say, by the way, on our on our outing, on our trip down, you are a disgrace. <laughs> An absolute disgrace. Do so you think it's just me? <laughs> <don't you? laughs> 
We were oh, in the really? tiniest. Of, it were all, I was surprised we were in London because it were the tiniest of petrol stations. It was like a little country one. Yeah. You know, you've just got one aisle down the middle yeah. with sweets and that. The whole shop's cold from the fridge. Yeah, in it, you we're know. in there, in there picking up our bits. He struts in with one of the loudest trumps I think I've heard in a long no, time. I, I knelt down to get the strawberry laces and it's... Oh, it's sweet. It pop, it that did... Out. No, <laughs> that no. Pop, no. That was fucking that, planned. That, that did sent, not that sneak out and he blew, nearly blew me at off. The best thing about it were the shop was so tiny... That it, could, it couldn't have not not thought it weren't him, can it? It was a beauty. You know what I mean? It, <laughs> it, 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 under an absolute, absolute ripper. Under no circumstances could he have thought it were us two, would it? So <laughs> I've obviously heard a bit of, oh, and then a couple of laughs, and I've looked at the fella behind the counter. No, he weren't happy. Raging. What, he, what did he say? <laughs> well, he, he, at, the, at the start, he was just like, no, no, no. no. That's all he said. There was a wave of emotions because he, he was disgusted. And then he, because we were laughing so hard, he, he, he grows a smile. But then he said, and then he went think, disgusted again. I and think then, his words were, I cannot join in with your. No. He said, I'm tired. I cannot participate in your happiness. <laughs> <laughs> That's exactly what he said. And. and <laughs> You Great line. Great <laughs> line. It just made it even better, didn't it? <laughs> I've never, I've never but yeah, it was, a, it was a beauty. Yeah, it, it, was, it was unacceptable. Just quite very, very much so. I'm a bit loud in places, do I? <laughs> you drunk. Fuck off. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> I've been in the same hotel room for two nights and that, that toilet in there is going to need some work. It, it's disgusting. It is. I can't, I couldn't leave it like that. He's as bad I can't, as, walk, he's, I can't he's believe you'd walk out of an hotel room he's full worse of tram than tracks. Me. He's worse than me for that. It's disgusting. <laughs> so me, us three have been going to the gym on the morning, and on the on the way back up, on the way back up the stairs to the room, we're just like, John is in bed playing Candy Crush, isn't he? And you came yesterday. You came down to the door bollock naked, and I just seen your phone Candy Crush board. <laughs> <laughs> I you like must it. Be on, you must be on level three hundred now, surely. Oh no no no. No, no, no. Because you couldn't sleep last night at the big end. No, I, I, was up, I was up at four o'clock this morning. And I've just heard him go, oh, it's beautiful play park. <laughs> <laughs> great. The in the back. Yeah. Great. Six in the morning. I think, I, I think it might have been great move parking. <laughs> <laughs> 1,963 I'm on. I mean, I don't play it, so I don't know if that's any good. But Well, it's, it's 1,963 third level. Yeah. Put me out and fucking soul into this. It's been a productive trip for you, hasn't it? Oh, aye. Oh, aye. <laughs> so basically our routine is to go to the gym in the morning and John just lies in bed naked I had a playing Candy Crush. I had a bit of a nap this morning. How many Tommy Tanks have you had while we've been at the gym? Mm, pass. <laughs> Great move, parking. <laughs> As he's mopping up. <laughs> that was textbook parking. <laughs> what a performance. <laughs> Uh, <laughs> you know, you know, when it vibrates in your hand when everything just starts oh. blowing up. Let's get steamy. No, not me, no. I'm on about the candy crush. Remember that before? Not me, one one. <laughs> when it all started blowing up. <laughs> yeah, let's get yeah, him let's in. Let's get him in. I've got to get a move on. <laughs> <laughs> Did you see the belly hanging out? Look oh. how much excess material there is. Like, how big is it? It was over here, innit? <laughs> <laughs>
I'm not sure where you pulled this from, Chris. Yeah. Stephen was borough champion at 400 metres for four years in a row. 800 metres. Oh, Close. really there? Close. Oh, Halfway there. Yeah. It was second after the first lap. <laughs> <laughs> it just came strong on the second lap. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> 800. It's a horrible it, distance. It is. It, looking back, it is, yeah. When I was a kid, I used to love it. I used to love running. Today, not so much. The, our first Olympian, by the way. Me? Yeah. I can't have that title. Oh, yep. what, for the, for the football? Yeah. Yeah. Ah, yeah, I'll take that then. Did yeah. you think yeah, they meant for the running? <laughs> yeah, well, yeah, yeah, yeah. I was thinking, I was thinking you're, you're, you're putting me on a pedal store there. Like, yeah. <laughs> we were going to have Steve Cam on yeah, last week, but he cancelled. <laughs> <laughs> that's, uh, that's an honour, though. You know, well, I know it was a one-off, but some people whipped their lives to yeah, say that they were an yeah. Olympian. I know, it just doesn't, it doesn't, it doesn't feel right when you say it like that. It yeah. just doesn't feel right. I mean, it was an incredible occasion. Um, I think if I had a medal, I would definitely be classed yeah, as an Olympian. Yeah. But um, unfortunately, we lost we lost out, I think, in the quarters, maybe the quarters of the round before. We lost on penalties, which back then was familiar for us. Like, we, England were always sort of losing on penalties. And even with the Welsh boys and the Scottish boys helping us out, we still, we still couldn't quite get through so but it was an amazing occasion like looking back their moments of my career yeah. I could say wow like yeah I was a part of it yeah you think about getting the old tattoo on five rings I always <laughs> think that being an Olympian is difficult isn't it like yeah. you think as footballers we get the chance to go again on Tuesday go again on Saturday for these guys I've got one chance every four years yeah. to like I'll tell you what's the one for me you know like the shitty ones you know like the, if they get to the semi-finals it's an achievement mm. fuck uh, that yeah. You're like all that hard work and you're like you're happy to get to the semis. Yeah. Fuck there's that. Some, there's some good events coming out now. Have you seen the one where they just sprint up a hill, like the cliff? With no. the, the, unbelievable. What, like climbing? Yeah, but they sprint up that. There must be like thingies, balls or something that they cling on to, but they're just fucking like rabbits. <laughs> what part of the Olympics? Yeah. Is it? Unbelievable. When the, when, the, the when the hamburger challenge comes out, I'll be on the... I'll be on the... I'll be on the... I'll have them across my belly. <laughs> <laughs> you obviously started at Spurs, mate. Picked up as a, a young lad. Yeah. Are, are we right saying you were... You played one game as a defender before you got picked up? Yeah, one game as a centre-back, yeah. I was playing midfield the whole time. Been on Charles, Reading, QPR, Chelsea. Hadn't got into... Any of them, and then when it's a centre half for the borough, I just got pushed back there. There was someone out, you know, ill that day or whatever, and um, that was it. Just literally played that game, had five, six trials, like off the back of it. Went to Tottenham. Um, I played one training session uh, and one training game, and that was it. Offered me a contract then and there. So it was crazy. Like I was at fifteen, so I'd spent like I don't know what age I started, seven or eight. So I'd, I'd done a good sort of seven yeah. to eight years of just grinding, grinding, and then. Just yeah. Who, who was your age at that time coming through? At Tottenham, my age was was uh, like Tom Carroll. Um, trying to think of who else. We had Nathan Byrne. We had more players the year above, year above, and year below. So year below was the likes of Harry Kane, Alex Pritchard, and stuff. And then year above, Andros Townsend, Ryan Mason, um, Adam Smith. We had a lot of a lot of good players. So um, I mean, a couple of years above that, Jake Livermore, Danny Rose. So we had a good. Good, good squad. Um, and the atmosphere, like, when I compare it to where football's at today, when I look at the youngsters compared to where it was at then, like, our, our coach literally used to be fighting us to get off because we would train all day, every day. Like, I'm not just saying this because we've got the mic in front, like, literally, we would be obsessed with the training. And, like, nowadays, 
it's, it's a completely different culture. So it's kind of a bit strange, like looking back, like I suppose I caught that last little bit because it's kind of weird. My career, I've kind of gone through different generations because you've kind of gone through the drinking culture to then like the sports science culture. Now it's just like extreme. In my opinion, everything is extreme. Everything's stat-based, database. It's, uh, it's, um, I know which one I prefer for sure. Yeah, well, you yeah. say all the time, don't you, that in 10 years, we're going to have nobody on this podcast because there's going to be no characters mm -hmm. you know it's like robots aren't they yeah i think yeah agreed well i, I came shit then back then who told you that uh, well just i just from like <laughs> in being on the bench all the you've time just a, you? yeah. <laughs> you've just took a punt <laughs> I just took a punt. I came with shit. I with shit. <laughs> but you know what i mean you don't like just from all the loans you went on loads yeah. of loans didn't that's it? the title by the way if you agree yeah, i came with shit yeah. <laughs> no we went all these loans and never did fuck all didn't it yeah, yeah. we all like Shit's no, a strong I've word. I've got to be honest. I've got, yeah, shit's a strong word. But I've got to be honest, he wasn't no, he wasn't someone I looked at and went, he's going to be what he is today. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? I, like, I have to say that. I'd, I'd say that to his face. But what he's done is like incredible. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? I feel like he's even got quicker. His finishing's obviously got better. One thing he did have even back then was a mindset. Do you know what I mean? Like he did actually have a mindset that was different to everyone else. He was very much just like that. So I wouldn't get too much involved with the banter. I wouldn't be one of your boys on a night out or anything like that. He was just like that. And that sort of carried him to where he's at today. You know, I speak to the boys, like, still the same. Still comes in, does his job, does it to that level, goes home. So we had Bale as well. You know, I played that year where Gareth Bale was phenomenal and was just, I mean, best player in the Prem by a country. I went to Madrid for, what was it, 70, 80 million in, in that summer. He's the same, you know, he's on a plane, watching Family Guy, learning Spanish, you know, like us boys are at the back drinking, this, that, and the other, going here, going there. They were, he wasn't like that, do you know what I mean? So, You've got to be yeah. mentally tough to be like that, I think. What, we call, what, think what we call them characters on this podcast is boring bastards. <laughs> <laughs> Busy yeah, boring bastards. That's yeah. what the other lads will be like, they're like, yeah. boring bastards yeah. down there, but you've yeah. just got to be so yeah. fucking focused. Yeah. But it's changed though. So, so you're saying that's what you call them on this podcast. Today, in today's world, that's, that's normal. That's it's everybody. It's normal, yeah, it's normal, for sure. Like, you still, I mean, I found when I, Maybe I dropped down the leagues a little bit. I went to, to Dundee in Scotland and um, that culture was probably still a yeah. bit like the old culture, do you know what I mean? And uh, it was very much enjoyable to be fair. I was still living in the madness, so I, I loved it, do you know what I mean? But today, nah, most people are like that, do you know what I mean? They're counting their calories. They don't they don't put too much milk in their protein shake, you know what I mean? It's, it's all that kind of, you know, whereas before it's like after training, everyone's straight down the boozer, do you know what I mean? So I really mean that when I've caught like, seemingly like two or three like generation yeah and was your were you solely focused on being a professional footballer at that age when you came in yeah because you know the running you mentioned like i used to get so nervous for running i don't know what it was i would literally feel physically sick uh, i just yeah i couldn't handle the pressure of running i, I don't know why what it was too much milk in your protein shirt. <laughs> yeah, it must be, yeah yeah yeah, yeah. The, the, the football just seemed to be different and were you dedicated at that age yeah for sure yeah yeah i was dedicated 100 percent. so um we'd do everything i could to make it i was desperate to make it you know um i said right up until what age i'd say 2021 20, where things started to change and i used to think oh, I don't even enjoy this anymore. Like from that age, like that young, I just started to think, fucking hell, this is... That, yeah. But it just, I don't know, for me, I don't want to speak about Harvard or else, but for me, it's not what I dreamed of. You know what I mean? If I, you know, looking at what I dreamt of, at watching, grew up watching at Brentford, if I think back to Thierry Henry and that sort of Arsenal team, which I loved watching it, like, it's, it's not like that. Like, for me, it's certainly not like that. What were the things that you noticed that 
made you feel like that? What was it? Politics. Politics for one. I hated the politics, especially the higher up I went, more politics, Jeremy. It was just, I hated it. The lies that they tell you. Um, if you used to lie to me as a mate or lie to me on the street or something, it's like you confront that person in football. You just lie to 24-7 and just expect it to take it, just take it on the chin. And uh, I used to struggle with that. I used to like... A lot of it was ego, you know what I mean? I, I did have a chip on my shoulder for sure. And I thought I knew best at a young age. Um, but a lot of it is just like the way I was communicating, the way people spoke to me and the way, they, the way I still see them speak to people today, that hasn't changed. It's, it's appalling. Like I literally look at the way young players are treated. I can't understand it. Like I've, I genuinely can't understand it, the way players are treated. It's just that human nature. Is, the way that we treat people as human beings has been taken out. Yeah. Yeah, I think so. It's I think money, so. isn't it? I think, I think it's the money. 100% I think it's the money. And also, from you know, a club perspective as well. There's, yeah, yeah, from a club perspective, it's like, we pay you to do what you're supposed to do. That's it. Do you, know I mean? you do yeah. what we tell you to do. And we get that. That's no problem. But I think there still could be an element of respect to come with it. Do you know what I mean? And, and just, I think, common decency from the manager. I mean, I said, you know, the way I look at it, right? If I've, if I've gone to a game, you're expecting to play from your understanding, you're in the starting 11. You know, you've got your family, you've got your friends there. Comes to the, you know, an hour and a half for kickoff. Like, you're not even on the bench, you're out of the squad. Do you know what I mean? Nothing's been like communicated to you. You just walk in the change room, you see your shirt's not there, you're not playing. Do you know what I mean? And I, as a youngster, I, I struggled to like process that. It was just like met with rage and it was just like, and then I self sabotaged. Whereas like today, I go, Okay, like it's not nice. I still don't like it, but take a deep breath, you know, go away, get through the game, shake everyone's hand, good luck, and then go have a rant after the game and whatever, get it off. Because I need to get it out. You know what I mean? If I store it, it's, it's, yeah, it's gonna yeah. it's gonna hurt me. What did you do back then? When you say you self sabotage, what was yeah. the Yeah. <laughs> um So you're not in the squad yeah. what time the, say two o'clock it gets announced or whatever. Yeah. Madness. Are you just gone then? Oh madness. Used to just go home, just used to walk away. Used to, I remember it was West Brom away for Tottenham, just walked outside, got in a taxi, said London. So I was like, what's it at London? Just straight back to London, called my boys on the way back, said, let's go out, just go out and get smashed. Just like literally go out and get smashed. So then next, I mean, I have a huge problem with alcohol. So when I drink, not every time I drink, but let's say three times out of 10, I'll black out. Now, I don't know when that blackout's gonna come. It's not, I've tried, oh, maybe it's a Sambuco, or maybe it's this, or maybe it, it doesn't matter for me what it is. It, there's something, when I drink, I've tried all different types. There's something in there that goes bang, and I black out from that moment. I don't remember nothing. So I'd wake up in police cells, I'd wake up hospital beds. Uh, I've woken up like um, on the street, covered in blood, like what's going on? I don't know. No recollection whatsoever? Nah, no recollection. Scary. The anxiety after that, phew, like, yeah. What I could have done, what, what yeah. has happened. Yeah. What, what then, did I do? Yeah. Yeah. And for anyone who, who's ever been in that cycle will know the next thing to do is drink again. Because then I can't handle the anxiety, the fear, drink yeah. again, block it out, block it out. And then so by the time I'm back in training Monday, I'm either still drunk or I'm there, I'm fucked because I'm hungover. Do you know what I mean? I'm thrown up in the toilet, just trying to like find a way to get through training. So that's how the cycle begins. How am I going to get back in the team yeah. when that's my two days? Do you know yeah. what I mean? So... That was a vicious, vicious cycle. And it wasn't every week, it was on and off because I'd manage myself for two weeks and think, oh, I'm, I'm better I'm now. doing all right Yeah, now. I'm doing oh, all right. Got over it, yeah. yeah. And then, and then you go yeah, again. Fall off a cliff again, yeah. When did that start? When did you start drinking? Um, about, I'd say properly about 18, yeah. Because before I said I was like proper focused, you know, like, and I wouldn't even say like the drink was it, it wasn't like a sign of like not being focused, you know what I mean? Because it was more just like to begin with like a social thing. So you'd win on the weekend, you'd go out and you'd have 
a few drinks with the friends. Do you know what I mean? So it wasn't just like, oh, I'm, I'm now all of a sudden, I don't care. I did care. But once I took the drink, the drink took me. And then I just, that was it. I was away with it. Uh, and obviously in the background, my gambling has started from like 14, 15. Now my gambling was like my primary addiction. That was my go-to. That was my number one escape. So when I mixed them two together, I was on another planet, which was, I guess, my ultimate goal. But uh, what planet I was on and how I got back from that planet, like, was was scary. I've definitely blocked a lot of it out, and uh, and I was just drunk for a lot of it. You know what <laughs> I mean? That's just like the reality of it. Like, I was I was drunk for a lot of it. So a lot of games, uh, especially after the games, I was I was I was drunk. You know and what did, I mean? Sorry, David. Was that you know if the game went well, were you a different type of drunk? Uh, or was it was it get left out the team? You'd go and get drunk, and that's when you'd black out. Yeah, so so no, as I said, it, it kind of, it just varied. Because sometimes, like, if we were to have a drink today, for the first few hours, you go, it, it's a proper laugh. Do you know what I mean? The boys want to be around me, and it's, it's good banter, yeah? But that day could go well and end well. And you go, what are you talking about? You're fine. But there's always that chance, I said, maybe three in ten, where it just, it goes. There's no reason for it in terms of, like, what I did previously. It just it just happens. It's, it's, it's like a chemical reaction. And... Once I have that, then you'll be, you know, you boys won't want to drink with me again. Put it that way, because I'm a nuisance. I'm a handful. Obviously, at my size, uh, it's hard for even bouncers, you know what I mean, bouncers to handle someone of this size. So then when you're waking up and you're in the newspapers, because of the heights of my career at one stage, playing for England, playing in the Premier League, whatever, the papers are lapping it up. You know what I mean? They're not so interested now, thankfully. But back then, it was like, yeah, great, let's go out and knock on his door. You know what I mean? So uh, hard. Yeah. Because of your status as well, I imagine people look for it a bit more. Yeah, I was getting blackmailed a lot. I was getting blackmailed a lot. So people would, uh, yeah, basically take videos, um, provoke the situation, and then the next day, bang, you know, want, uh, want 10 what? grand, want 20 grand. Uh, we're going to release this, going to release that, going to tell your club, going to tell it to the paper. Yeah, that would happen like, I would say it probably happened seven, eight times. So that was a regular thing for people to to do that. What did you do with that? Did you just tell them to get fucked or? Uh, sometimes I paid them. Sometimes I paid them, yeah. Because I was worried, do you know what I mean? I don't know what I was doing. When I look back, I was just, I was just lost, do you know what I mean? Like, as you just imagine, uh, 21, 22, you know, this went on for years. So I'm just panicking. Shit, I, I can't go in the paper. The club yeah, have told me is. they can't do that again. <sighs> like, you know, get a lawyer to speak to them or... Really, I wanted to get someone to beat him up, to tell the truth, you know what I mean? That, that's, that was what I wanted to do, you know what I mean? But uh, I can't do that, because again, I'm a footballer, do you know what I mean? And mm. I've got a, a responsibility. And it's not really who I am, because away from the alcohol, I'm not really that guy. But that hurts, you know what I mean? To be, for someone to be taking the piss like that, that was, that was difficult, do you know what I mean? To, to accept it, swallow it, especially in line with the gambling, because then again, feeds back into the gambling because it's more financial losses, do you know what I mean? So then I'm like, I need that money back now, I need this back. And uh, it was one really, really bad cycle, yeah. But you must have, and getting away with it sounds probably the wrong way to put it, but how mm. long did you hide it from the yeah. club and carry on playing and you play for England. Yeah. So you must have been. Yeah, until 24, until 24, then it kind of, yeah. Then Not it too kind much. Of, yeah. Just in the timeline then, so yeah. you're at Spurs up to 18 before you go on loan. I went on loan until 19. I went, yeah, Yeovil, Bristol, Swansea, yeah, 19. So you, I, returned you, I mean, it was almost like a textbook kind of yeah, loan was, period. Yeah, yeah, you went yeah. League One, Yeovil, Bristol Champ. Then Bristol Champ, then yeah. Cardiff. Swansea, 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 Swansea in the Prem, yeah. In the Prem. During that, that period, like you, you're doing well on your loans and yeah. you win another loan, so yeah. you, you must be masking it well. 
<laughs> yeah, it just, I mean, the drink didn't really take control, I'd say, until a little bit later. So I went to rehab for gambling at 19. So the gambling was, was an issue from young and clubs knew about that, you know. Um, that's, we all due respect to that. Like, yeah. not, that's not going to affect you physically, is it? No. Although it does, but you know what I yeah, mean? Yeah, eventually. The, the club yeah. can sort of, right, yeah. we can cope with that one. Yeah, yeah. If you know what I mean, yeah. we'll try and control that one. Yeah. But if, the, if you're going out four times a week, yeah. then that's, they're going to see that as in that's going to start affecting his performances. That, 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 definitely. So... Brendan Rodgers was probably the first one to see it, 19 years of age. Uh, we went to Tenerife on a trip. <sighs> My God, likes of, I don't know if you've ever come across these boys, Danny Graham, Leroy Lee, uh, Wayne Routledge. Wow, we had a, that squad at Swansea. <sighs> As in, looking back now, walking into that squad, thinking, right, oh, it's Premier League now. Like, God, get, <sighs> wow, we was out constantly. What a squad, like incredible squad. Do you know what I mean? <laughs> what like, squad? Incredible. Like the boy, it was just an incredible year. Right? But we went to Tenerife. Don't know what Brendan was thinking, looking back, because wow, it was a joke. Like we went, we went training. It's like, well, we've got dinner in the evening. Us, me and about 10 of the boys, we were all out smashed. So come back in time for this dinner. We're all there. And uh, again, I've blacked out, you know, so I don't even know what's going on, but the boys are telling me the next day, oh, you, You've done all sorts, you know what I mean? Some of which I can't say on, on camera, but I've done all sorts, right? I'm thinking, oh shit, like, does the gaffer know? They're like, the gaffer was there. The gaffer was there. The gaffer pulled you and Leroy. You two were going to fight in the restaurant. I'm like, what? Like, Leroy's another one, do you know what I mean? And he, he I'm thinking myself, there's many people that I, I probably would take on in a fight, but him, he knew some all kinds of kung fu moves. Like, <laughs> Uh, he's, he's, he's not the kind of guy that I would have wanted to fight, especially drunk. So I was like, what? what? And um, he pulled me in his office when we got back and was just like, you are like something I've never, ever seen before. Like what I've heard stories of you, you know, out in Wine Street in Swansea, whatever, but that's, that's not normal. Like, what, what, what is that? Like, I just couldn't even explain it. You know what I mean? I, I couldn't explain what, what it was. Yeah, because I, I didn't know. And at the time I just thought, just thought I liked to drink too much. Do you know what I mean? I wasn't really aware that it was an issue. I mean, I went to GA, right? So Gamblers Anonymous, during my time at rehab, down the corridor is, is AA, Alcoholics Anonymous. And I literally remember thinking, thank fuck I'm not in that room. You know what I mean? Like, I'll, I'll happily stay here and, you know, get a grip to the gambling, but pff, don't want to be there. Imagine not being able to drink. Like, fuck that. You know what I mean? And then you asked me when it happened. It was about 24 where I went, okay, yeah, like I've got a problem with alcohol here. Like this is an issue for me because when I'm drinking, someone simplified it for me and it made it a lot easier, right? Can you drink without consequences? So it didn't matter the fact that I wasn't an everyday drinker. It didn't matter the fact that I wasn't on the park bench drinking vodka at 8 a.m. That was irrelevant. Like, can you drink without consequence? My answer was no, you know, because the consequences were there and they were there for all to see. You know what I mean? Just put my name into Google and you'll see the Sun newspaper with 10 articles on drunk uh, drink driving, um, messaging this girl on Instagram drunk and my girlfriend spray painted my Range Rover and stuff like that. Like all of this stuff all came through um, being drunk. You know what I mean? It was all alcohol related. So took a while, but I just want to mention one thing. You guys talk about like, was it the win or the loss? And actually when we won, I was all right. I didn't really go out. So I don't mean as in I was all right if I drank. When I was younger at Swansea, yeah, I would still enjoy it. But as I got older, when we'd win, I'd be all right. I didn't need to drink. Mine was more when we lost and I was dealing with the two relegations back to back. The pain, the embarrassment, the shame of all that, my career slipping away, falling away, the losses from the gambling. That's what I was drinking to block out. You know, that's when drink really became 
an issue for me, you know? So then you see in the newspapers, like, all these women, this, that, you see it all even the highest level. The, for me, the reason is it's that escape because they can't go and drink because they've got gaming two days. I mean, they can't really gamble. Gambling isn't that popular, I'd say. You know what I mean? It's, it's more of a, I mean, it's out there, but it's, a lot of people don't get the same buzz I got from it. They prefer women, you know what I mean? Women would be there. And I see it now. Like I just think, myself, I just look at it and go, it's their way of dealing with all of what's going on is uh, to lean to the right or lean to the left. And then obviously that's not the answer either, is it? You know what I mean? So. Never had any problems with them. No. <laughs> could, could never nick a bird anyway. I'm a foot with that and all. <laughs> Do you know when so you said Tottenham, um, Tottenham knew about your gambling, did they help you? Uh, no, I wouldn't say they helped me. They did not help me. I mean, I guess I was kind of like, I was just sort of, I've got it under control. You know what I mean? It was more just... What? What was you gambling? Was it roulette. casinos? Yeah, yeah, casino, yeah. Yeah, casinos, yeah. The gambling was just absolutely insane. Like, yeah, I mean, I started with roulette in the bookies. Yeah, I mean, that led to uh, casinos as soon as I could. And then the casinos, uh, they just got so out of hand, it was ridiculous. And I just found more and more ways to get money to gamble. You know what I mean? So as you know, because people have this perception, not many, most people I speak to are on the level, but you, you still, probably on Instagram, you could probably have the perception that, oh, you're a footballer, you could afford it, whatever. Like, if you're a gambler, if you're a compulsive gambler, you gamble more than you earn. So yeah. if you earn £100 a week and I earn £10,000 a week, I'm doing 11000 you're doing 110 pounds You know what I mean? Yeah. That's the way it is. So it's irrelevant how much you're earning because you're doing more than you earn. You know what I mean? And uh, that was a story for me for, for many, many years. You know what I mean? And... Uh, that was that was the worst of the worst. Like, we had a similar thing from uh, Colin Cram the other week that he was saying that if you're an alcoholic, eventually you're going to black out. Yeah. If you're into drugs, eventually you're going to overdose yeah. and wake up in hospital. But we're gambling. You just go like there's no. It doesn't stop until no. it's all gone. No. no. And then you try and find more. Yeah. And and the vultures out there, they will prey on you. My God, they certainly preyed on me. So they knew. So you know the the first steps of GA. You know, give over your bank accounts to your your parents or your girlfriend. Was my parents at the time? I was eighteen. Okay, uh, I'll do that. You know, so that was just us reading online. Then at nineteen, they confirmed that. Yeah, definitely give it all over to people. I think, but I'm still I'm still managing to gamble because I'd call my agent and say, "Oh yeah, I'm just about to buy this house. Um, I need a deposit. The club are paying me. I'll pay you back next month or whatever." The agent at the time he's got a nineteen year old playing Premier League. Yeah, sure, send you fifty grand or whatever. It's gone. I mean, that, that's gone for minutes. Like I would like gamble so quick, so fast. I'm always gone like that. So that was, that was, so that was just the beginning. This is 19. That was just, yeah, that was just the, the, literally just the beginning. And then I said, I just, as I got older, I got, um, I was going to say smarter. No, that's not the word. Uh, I don't know, cunning, more cunning. I got, you know what I mean? I was able to, to learn more ways to manipulate, to get more money, to be able to gamble because that I would ju I just wanted my money back. You know what I mean? So from that first pound that I lost in the bookies as a 15 year old, I just wanted it back. I just wanted it back. And then the numbers just got chasing, away from me. Chasing, you know what I mean? It's just chase. And then, like I said, you know, bar myself from the bookies, give control to my parents, bar myself from the, all the casinos in the UK. I would then go in under different names to the casinos. Do you know what I mean? So I'd have people that look half like me. I'm going under his name. <laughs> you know what I mean? And then that wouldn't last too long because obviously if you're playing them high stakes, they come and monitor you like, who is this? This is not, you know. So that didn't last too long. So then they come to me and say, you know, people from within the casino world, look, there's opportunities for you to go to Cyprus. There's, there's, there's packages there. So, you know, for 
for a 25 grand package, for example, you and three of your mates can fly business class to, to Cyprus, uh, two or three nights stay in, because you never, I can never stay more than that anyway, you know what I mean? So maybe one, probably one or two nights, right? Uh, all inclusive, five star hotel, just, and then, and then your 25 grand's there ready to play. They know that 25 grand is a minimum buy in, right? You, you know, yeah, that's not the number you're leaving with, do you know what I mean? It's fucking way worse. And um, so, yeah, that was, that was where that was where the real real trouble started because then it's like woof, you know. Then you lead on to credit, you know. They're giving you credit and you you know you're signing all these checks away and uh, it very very quickly becomes overwhelming. So that's, pr- that's prying on addiction. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah. So if you went yeah. into a casino at, at nineteen and you mm-hmm. got ten thousand quid, and within twenty five minutes you've got fifty, mm-hmm. would you not think, boom, I'm no. off? No. Because it's always in my head, like, well, that's 50, that's amazing. But, you know, I lost, I've lost, what, I've had maybe a 200 grand down at that point at 19. So it's like, well, I need, all right, so 50, great. Now it's got 150 to go. Then I'll, you know, I'll be all right. Mm. You never, it's, it's, it's unrealistic. I'm never going to get that number. Whatever that number is, I'm never going to get there. Because also I moved the goalpost, you know, without even meaning to. I could yeah. pro- give myself every promise in the world, but that goalpost goes from that to that to that. And uh, I always leave with nothing. I mean, I say one time I did. One time I left. Uh, I'd won. It was around that number, fifty or sixty grand, and uh, I brought a Range Rover. I swear to you, before the Range Rover had even got to my house, because you know you do it for your car, did whatever. I, I was like, take it back, take it back, because I lost the money. Do you know what I mean? So I think to take that back. They're like, you've ordered it now. You're like, fuck. And I used to get in the car and go, I hate this car. Why would I buy it? Because I would never have bought it. I would never have gone to myself, I'm going to buy a Range Rover. But I was in this little illusion for a little while where everyone's going to me, I'll tell you what, Stephen, when you win, because at this point, people are thinking he's an addict. Maybe he's an addict or maybe he just needs guidance. So some people are going to me, I'll tell you what, when you win, just buy something. Then you can't give it back. Mm. That doesn't work for me because I'll buy something and then I'll find more money to lose, you know, other ways. So the gambling has been... Oh yeah, it's 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 had an effect on my whole life. Do you know what I mean? Without that, it's had an effect on my family. Um, I'd say it still affects me today. You know, it doesn't matter how far clean I am. Like it's still, it's always there. You know what I mean? It's always there. And uh, the worrying thing is, you can't if you you know you could be three years clean, right? With drink, you can't drink three years worth of drink in one day. But in gambling, I can do it in one day. Do you know what I mean? Because mm-hmm. I go to places high, you know. Belarus would used to be back and forth to Belarus and private planes. It's 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 a life that. You know, I could do a movie about it. You know what I mean? I could write a book about it. it it's literally that insane. But um, at the end of it, it all ends up the same way. Me curled up in bed like that, like a little boy. You know what I mean? Just thinking, what have I done? Because when I sort of come down from the high and I realise the reality of my situation, fucking scary. You know what I mean? Really scary. You know what you said about manipulating people? Did it, you're talking family, friends, family, taking yeah. money up. yeah. Yeah, so I would always find ways to get money. So thankfully, I've never been that guy to take money off someone and, and never give it back. Like, never been that guy. That's the one thing I could take some pride in, is always like, if I borrowed from you. Uh, so I, I would I would say to someone, look, lend me 20 grand, I'll give you 22 grand back. Do you know what I mean? So, and they would always get their 22 grand back or whatever it was. But uh, the family's more about the hurt, the lies, is what I've told them. Do you know what I mean? So nobody, you know, no, for example, you know, I, in, 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 there's been parts of my life where like loan sharks, I'm like, we'll take from loan sharks. You have to give them back. You, no choice. Do you know what I mean? Like what choice you got? Like if loan sharks are coming for you, they're going to come for your family as well. Like you have to. So to even take that risk, to put my family at risk is insane. But I was sick. 
Like I, I today I accept it as an illness. Like I was genuinely really sick, but at the time I didn't understand what it was. I didn't know what 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 was wrong with me. Just thought I was a selfish prick, and the addiction is selfish. But I think the more I understood, the more I sort of like okay, like I need to learn to forgive myself and able to to be able to move forward with this. You know, it's amazing to think that even you were doing this at nineteen and you've still. Your yeah. football's still on the way up at this point. It was, yeah. It was until it wasn't. It's, you know what I mean, it was until it wasn't. Because if you, like, I, I mean, there's not many players that could say at 20 they were playing for England at 26, they're yeah. unemployed. There was one point in Les Ferdinand. So one of the first times I'd sort of really gone deep in the casino was when I realised you could do checks. And this is partly what I'm saying to you, like, bit by bit with the gambling, I always learn another way and new. There'll probably be someone listening to this thinking, fuck, what is casinos in Cyprus? You know, like it, it just, it's like a mini Vegas there. And it, it, it just takes little information like that to yeah. build up, build up, build up. And um, I, I realized you could do checks. So I thought, well, hold on, I don't even actually need to have money here. Like I'm a premiership footballer, they're gonna trust, do you know what I mean? So sign a check. They said, we can only do 50,000 because, you know, we haven't actually got a, um, a check history with you. So. Do only fifty thousand. Only do fifty thousand. Yeah. Well, at the time, that's what yeah. it was 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 like, you know. So um, that night, I did five casinos. Five casinos. Did two hundred fifty k, and the following day, or about thirty six hours later, we were playing Arsenal and uh, played Arsenal. I'm not sure what the score was. Now it's a QPR. I'm not sure what the score was. We either lost two one or drew. I'm not sure. It's something around that. And uh, anyway, they had Sanchez and all that up front and everything. So. The following day, Les Ferdinand was the sporting director. Pulled me in his office and was like, "The casinos have called me. Like, I wanted to call you before the game, but I just said, how the fuck can you go out there and play? Like, you, that's a quarter of a million pounds. Like, how? I was like, oh, I don't know. Just it's like I'm used to it. You know, it's like uh, I was like numb to to all of what was going on. Um, I said until I got home and I sit at home, that's when the sort of demons attack me, you know what I mean? But when I'm on the pitch, it was like, you know, you, you're thinking about Escapism fucking... Escapism in itself. Exactly, you're just thinking about fucking Sanchez skipping past you or fucking <laughs> Ozil, you know, in the, like, you know what I mean? There's too many distractions, so... I know it's, like you say, it's all relative to what you've got, but that's fucking mind-blowing. Yeah, yeah. That deep. Yeah. If you don't mind it, what would you have been earning that time? Uh, you don't have to tell yeah. them. Yeah, yeah, no, I shouldn't say because obviously the, well, I don't really care, I don't know why. No, about, about uh, 55, 60 grand a week, yeah. So I was on decent money. So you've lost a month's money? Well, more, Bef isn't it, because tax. Yeah, before tax. Two months. So you've lost two months' money in one night? Yeah, yeah. Fuck me. Yeah. So like I said, and that's just, like I said, that was just one part of, of, of that period in London. Do you know what I mean? Then it goes to Cyprus, do it. I, I said, I, I wiped myself out. You know what I mean? I wiped myself out. And uh, to come back from that was obviously extremely difficult. Um, the guilt, the shame, you know what I mean? To be at that level uh, just hurt me. The money is one thing. Obviously, it's one thing. But thank God, like, I always looked after my family. So I've got them houses and stuff like that. So they were taken care of because for me, like that was one of my biggest things. Like I wanted them to, to like, to live the good life, you know? Like I, I wanted that for them. Like, you know what it's like, like they've, as, as they drove me around everywhere as a kid and always committed and supported me. So I wanted them to have that. They had that. Financially they had that, but emotionally I tore them apart. You know what I mean? Cause they always lived in fear of what am I going to do next? You know? When, sorry, when was your rock bottom? Rock bottom, uh, I've had a few, I've had a few, yeah. I'd say, I'd say uh, my last one probably just come in Turkey, actually. Like, not from addiction as such, just from, like, the constant chasing of everything. And I just kind of thought myself, oh, I've been in Turkey for four years, like, trying to 
get back this career, trying to get back this money, trying to, I don't know, what am I actually trying to do? I wasn't actually sure, you know what I mean? But it was almost like, well, I needed it because I needed this opportunity. I needed it, I needed it. But in reality, I was like, I've lived away from my family for nearly four years, trying to recoup all of these losses and that part. At some point, I've just let it go. You know what I mean? So that was kind of like a real sort of rock bottom for me when you're in Turkey, you're not getting paid anyway. You, it takes months to get your salary. I mean, you do get it, but it's it's difficult and it could be via FIFA and all of the madness that comes with, with playing in Turkey. I just thought, nah, you know what? Like, that's, that's that was for me almost like, that was probably the end of my rock bottom, you know? Um, but obviously I had mini rock bottoms during my, my you know, when I was 26 and I was like, right, just left Dundee. Uh, I talked to, I think, 70 different teams. I reached out to everybody. So players I'd play with, Lee Johnson, he was manager of Bristol City. I'm calling him up, can I come in to train for a few days? I'll get back to you, cool. So like, nah, you know what I mean? Phone done ring again. You know what I mean? Mm. Follow him up, you're in blue tick, you ain't getting nothing back. Do you know what I mean? And that's about 70 different managers until I got the chance to go to Turkey. So I did well. That period there where I was in my rock bottom, I'd got myself clean. I trained every day in the woods, just like the woods by my house. I was there just running every day, every day, every day. A chance come to go to Turkey. Uh, the reason why that chance came is because the coach there, Sergen Yalçin, is a Turkish legend and he smokes, drinks and gambles. So he sat there in some hotel blowing cigarette smoke in my face, telling me, you fit? I said, yeah, I'm fit. He's like, come and show me for 10 days. This is all via a translator, by the way. I mean, doesn't speak a word of English in there. <laughs> and uh, I was like, yeah, 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 I want it, I want it. Do you know what I mean? So went to this club. Uh, I thought it was Antalya Sport, it was actually Alanya Sport. So this is how my, it, was, it came through a an agent who was a mechanic. So it was a part-time agent who was a mechanic in, in <laughs> Germany. Kevin Webster. <laughs> <laughs> so it was just, it was mad, it was mad. And went there, proved my fitness for 10 days, got the opportunity to sign and uh, that was it, you know? And I was, I was laughing like, cause me and my actual agent at the time was a scouser who I met in rehab, who had sort of been through a similar journey, who just had my back through all of it. He came over to obviously sign the deal alongside him and that. And um, we were just laughing cause we like, we changed the name on, on the phone, right? To uh, Nathan Jones Stoke. Right, and he's told it's his missus, really. Do you know what I mean? And we've put the phone on the table, you know, like, and told his missus to call. And he's like, sorry, I've got to take this. And then <laughs> the guy's gone, who's that? He's like, oh, that's Stoke. Do you know what I mean? To look like, still going up from there. Like, <laughs> so then like, they ended up, like, actually giving us a decent salary. Well, they like, increased it. Yeah, they, they'll give us, honestly, they, got, well, they started with zero. Because they're like, yeah. well, you've got nothing on the table. We're like, hold on. We've got Stoke. <laughs> Jürgen, Jürgen, Jürgen Klopp, Liverpool. It's got to be really sick, it's got to be really sick. But uh, yeah, honestly, we end up with a decent deal. So I, I end up signing over there two and a half years and uh, was like, great, you know what I mean? And um, there I really enjoyed it. It was just after that. I mean, that lifestyle was amazing. You know, my son loved it. It was on the beach, it was beautiful, sun all year round. That was great. It was just after that, because I'd actually done so well, got team of the year twice. So it was like, done really well got back to there and then that's where it all kind of, I thought, what am I doing? You know what I mean? I moved to Fenerbahce thinking, oh, Zul's going to be whipping it in and we scored, like all the fantasies and that. It was nothing like that. Do you know what I mean? Like it was, it was nothing like that. So. Ryan Reynolds here from Mint Mobile. With the price of just about everything going up during inflation, we thought we'd bring our prices down. So to help us, we brought in a reverse auctioneer, which is apparently a thing. Mint Mobile Unlimited Premium Wireless. Ready to get 30, 30, ready to get 30, ready to get 20, 20, 20, ready to get 20, 20, ready to get 15, 15, 15, 15, just 15 bucks a month. So give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. 
$45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Yeah. So after you've done your loan spells and returned to Tottenham. Yeah. Like, I, I mean, that's a time then for you kicking on in the Premier League at an elite club. Yeah. Did the issue change at that time when you're kicking on? Was the issue still the same? Yeah, this issue, this issue was probably getting worse, I would say. Yeah, the issue was probably just getting worse because the, obviously the higher up I was going, the more money so I was getting. Even though you progress, yeah. you're getting that high of progressing in your football yeah. career. Yeah, well, I think because it came with more pressure, didn't it? So obviously yeah. the more you go up, the more pressure, you know, like the the, the sort of pressure on the pitch to perform. Um, I mean, I know there's other people at war right now who are under weight. You know, it's a different kind of pressure. Yeah. So when I say pressure, I don't mean the same pressures of your everyday people, but it's a it's a unique kind of pressure where you've got to go and perform. You know, if Man City are playing, you've got how many million people all around the world watching your performance. And as I said earlier, as a centre half, you make that mistake, like, you know, especially nowadays, you're getting, there's memes being made of you, you're going, you're trending on Twitter, <laughs> do you know what I mean? Like, it's all sorts, there's no hiding from it, yeah. you know what I mean? Like, my missus doesn't need to ask me how my day was, she knows how my day was, do you know what I mean? So, yeah, I'd say that, that quite, as it went up the leagues, it probably got worse. How was the changing room at Tottenham? Yeah, good. You were there with Jimmy Walker? No. No. No, no, no. Crouch? Uh, as a youngster, I was real young. I was real young when Crouch was there. Really good guy. Yeah. He, see, it's funny because some guys, as you know, when they're like, they're the senior pros with youngsters, were dickheads. Do you know what I mean? There was a few players that you're just like, wow. Like the way they were treated as youngsters. But then you've got your, your, your Crouchy, your Jermaine Genius, your mate Jermaine Defoe. They were like, Top class of us, Jeremy. You know I did you still, because you got what, 99 league games under your belt when you went back yeah. to Tottenham? Did yeah. you feel like you was a pro then when you arrived? At yeah, Tottenham? I did. Yeah. Yeah. And they actually said to me, you like, like uh, a, yeah, well, this is where the, this life. is where the sort of lies start, though. This is where it kind of really sort of hit me was when, um, so uh, Daniel Levy had told me, look, like, don't go to the Olympics because um, it was that summer. I looked like you need to have a proper preseason here with us. Uh, Bale's not going. He's going to have a proper preseason. I mean, this is a big year for him. My agent is also siding with him, telling me that. And I'm thinking to myself, nah, like I want to go to the Olympics because I had an experience the year before with Harry Redknapp when I wanted to go on England under 19s. And I'll tell you this actually, he was he, he pulled me, Andros Townsend, Adam Smith, and Dean Parrott, four of us aside, and was like, listen, you boys, I know you obviously got the England under 19 trip coming up. Look, if you go, you're not going to have an opportunity here. Jeremy, you boys want an opportunity here. You've got to come with us on whatever trip it was. And uh, it was pre-season, it was, yeah. And um, so me and Dean Parrott decided, no, we're going to go. We want to go to England under 19s. And he's like, right, it's a bad choice. Da, da, da. Later on that day, my dad sent me a, a radio clipping or whatever it was of, of Redknapp. He's on there going, young boys are called up for their country. Absolutely got to go. Absolutely. <laughs> Absolutely. I'm just like, what? So the other boys who have, who have sided with, with Redknapp, they're now like, fucked, shit, what do we do? Do you know what I mean? He's told us to stay and then he's out there caning us. Do you know what I mean? So <laughs> that was one example. And then I said, when I then was around the Olympics, I've got all them telling me not to go. I said, let me, can I speak to Vidas Boas? He'd just come in. When I spoke to him, he said, look, no matter what, you're one of my three cent halves. He said, go, no problem, go and enjoy it. I said, are you sure? Because, you know, he said, you'll be one of my three, don't worry. So I went, had a good Olympics actually, you know, Came back, buzzing, first game of the season. Right, cool, Newcastle away, go there, did it. You're up in the stands, mate. I said, well, that's, that makes me fifth. Yeah, but, you know, because you didn't do a preseason, you wasn't here. 
And I was like, wow. So, you know, so that was straight away, that rage that I'm talking about went straight upstairs and uh, betted on the game. Was like, fuck it, I'm betting Newcastle to win. Do you know what I mean? And I was like, that was that was it. That was where I was at. You know what I mean? My head was just enraged. It's just stupid. Do you know what I mean? And then you're sat there going, these are my teammates. I want them to win. Do you know what I mean? Mm. But then my bet, well, it just, and that's why I just kind of, I'd say I was immature. Do you know what I mean? Because I just kind of lashed out and it was like a heat of the moment. And then you look now and you think, well, if you gamble on football today, you, you, you're fucked. Do you know what I mean? You look at the Ivan Tony situation mm. and stuff like that. It's like, how stupid in, in silly moments like that, you could almost cost yourself. And what age were you, yeah? Uh, 19 20, 20 20 yeah so like you're only still a young pup aren't you yeah really you know like if, yeah. you, if you're not playing in the first game of the season for Tottenham at 20 yeah it's not the end of the world is it yeah you know no. like in football in terms in, 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 you've still got a fucking a long, a long season and a long way, yeah. career sort of thing it's perspective perspective I couldn't see it couldn't see it could not see it played 27 games that year couldn't see it. Wanted to play 47 because I wanted to play all the Europa League games all the cup games everything so I felt the manager doesn't like me, he doesn't want me, and I should leave. You know what I mean? It's perspective. My God, I sit there now and I'm That's like, mad, isn't what? It? What a wasted opportunities. These opportunities don't come around like to, to your average Joe. You know what I mean? I had an opportunity there to play Premier League football and I was offered a, a new four-year deal at the time at Tottenham. Do you know what I mean? But I'm not, I want to go. I want to go. I mean, you look back now and you're like, wow, if Tottenham offered me a four-year contract now, I'm running out this room and I'm there. You know what I mean? Yeah. But uh, 20, no, no, no. I would, after the I first would season, you, sorry, Chris, I would say you go sign the four-year and go on loan for a year at Cardiff. Yeah. Should have been my agent, shouldn't you? That's, that's, Keep that's, hearing this, <laughs> I, I think I'd be... Get me in Stella. <laughs> get, get me, but I think that, that's the option that I'd have looked at, I think. Yeah. I'll sign for you at Tottenham. Yeah. Maybe miss the first month, right? Is there any chance I can go out on loan for the yeah. rest of the season? Yeah. What most players did. It's what most normal players did. Do you know what I mean? I said I just, I, I couldn't see it. Everything was impulsive. Everything was like that. And it was just extreme. Do you know what I mean? So my decision-making was extreme and, and stupid. Like I said, going, you know, starting from the Newcastle game, but that, that's just stupid. Do you know what I mean? That it's, there's no other way to describe it. So was there, were it anything to do with the money? So I'll tell you what, is the Cardiff money better and I'll get a sign-on fee and I'll be able to gamble with that? The money was better, yeah. The money was a lot better, but... Um, and was that a bit of a decision? Potentially. I can't really recall it, but potentially. It yeah. wouldn't have been in terms of gambling because I'd always convince myself I'm not going to gamble. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? And I actually didn't. When I was at Cardiff, I didn't gamble for seven months. So I was actually, I was actually doing well, you know what I mean, in terms of that. But, uh, but I was drinking every weekend, do you know what I mean? So I kind of found my replacement at that stage. And then um, it was one night out, team night out actually, where I ended up gambling and, and then that's it, the wheels fell off. And, and uh, we had Solskjaer come in and um, we were, I think we were 11th midway through the season at Christmas when Malky went, Oli came in and uh, great guy, but just we, he just couldn't get us going. He came in with different ideas and it just wasn't how Cardiff were going to succeed. Mm. Do you know what I mean? It was, no. It was open football, it was playing this, it was playing that. It wasn't wasn't to be. Sounds like from your point of view though, if he's made your captain, Malky, and, and you're playing well, mm. at this point it's probably a good decision. If you think you're earning more money, you're captain of a Premier League team and you're yeah. playing well. Yeah. I thought it was at the time, trust me. I actually genuinely really enjoyed my time at Cardiff. Mm. That was one of my best years. I really enjoyed it. And then, like I said, things changed under Oli. Performances dropped. We started to fall down the, the league table. We ended up finishing 20th. Do you know what I mean? And then I feel like I get quite a bit of stick for that year, like, which I don't, I don't feel like I played bad. There's points in my career, like QPR, I'm like, you know, yeah, I, I was crap. You know what I mean? Like, and I understand I get the stick I get, but 
Cardiff, I felt I actually did quite well. I felt it was probably a little bit harsh, but it just happens when the team's going down, you know what I mean? And the fans are frustrated. It was all around that time where we were wearing the red shirt and, you know, obviously being the Bluebirds. It was it was a difficult time, I feel like. And I I, I probably took, I felt like I took quite a bit of stick um, when there was other people in that dressing room that were hiding, you know what I mean? And I didn't hide. I was 21 and I still turned up and went on the pitch every week and, and I feel I played every minute at the Premier League that year. Do you know what I mean? So even when the going was tough, I didn't go, I don't fancy it today. And that's not the case for some players. I don't know if you guys have had that experience with playing them, with them kind of players, but sometimes they could be the fans' favourite. You know what I mean? And you're like, what? Like, this guy doesn't give a fuck. Like, but the fans just see glimpses of them and they think, yeah, he's he's the one, so. It's a scapegoat as well, and you've gone for big money. They yeah. They need somebody to. Yeah, yeah. I, mean, I remember Gary Riddell, like, he just kind of, Tossed, tossed it off. Do you know what I mean? I mean, a little midfield bull thing. Yeah, yeah. yeah. And uh, he literally just tossed it off. Got to the point. I was like, it's not for me. And it's uh, a thing then. Bull, uh, bull thing. Yeah, the, we're, we're a little bull thing. thing. What a ugly little thing. <laughs> <laughs> oh, he's ugly as well. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I called him the pit bull. I mean, that was actually his nickname. So he he um, he tossed it off. Then went to the World Cup. Was incredible for Chile. And. Uh, I think I might be right in saying Inter Milan. I think we went to Inter Milan after that. I believe so. It was it was a crazy move wherever it was. And it was like, wow. But you know how it is. You go perform in a World Cup. Um, but he down tools. For yeah, Cardiff. definitely. Def- I think there was a few, do you know what I mean? I think there was a few that kind of did that. Yeah. What was the crack when moving to QPR then? QPR, uh, oh, it, was just, uh, it was just a horrible time. You know what I mean? Signed under Harry, Harry Redknapp. Is this, uh, is this the... Trying to get a thing. Cardiff getting relegated. Have you Cardiff left? Cardiff got that? relegated. Had an eight million pound buyout clause, so that was the same money I'd moved to moved from Tottenham with. Um, moved to moved to QPR back home, West London. It took me about eight weeks to agree. Redknapp had called me numerous times. He was just called me on private number. So he's to catch me out because I've been like, <laughs> I swear. Did you like, had a good relationship with him at Tottenham? Well, I didn't know him. Do you mean yeah. they never used to speak to us? It wasn't I, I like you had a personal relationship with him. I'd never, I mean, I actually played for the first team when he was manager. As a, as a youngster, I made my debut against Arsenal in a cup game, but he never, he never said a word. Do you know what I mean? I know he has a, a, a perception of being this great guy. With, he, he never spoke to me. Do you know what I mean? Even at QPR, never really spoke to me, to be honest with you. Do you know what I mean? So, yeah, I mean, it's different. I think, obviously, he was going through a different stage of his career. I know, obviously, speaking to some of the boys, I mean, Rio was there that year, and obviously speaking to him, he was like, oh, yeah, obviously, back in the day, he was like, you know, so-and-so. But at that point, yeah, he wasn't, yeah. It wasn't It wasn't good for us. We had Glenn Hoddle there as well. Um, it was just hard. That that year, the squad, you had Joey Barton there. Um, yeah, it was toxic. It was I know toxic. I heard him. Neared him, and whoever was on here, and he said he, he didn't see eye eye with Joey. Yeah. From this was going back from cities. It just felt like it was in Joy's. If you weren't in Joy's circle, he wanted nothing to do with you. Yeah, yeah. It was it was quite clicky at QPR, um, and I don't think that helped us on the pitch. Do you know what I mean? So you had a lot of personalities, a lot of people on big contracts, and it just didn't click. Jamie, you know I it just didn't click, and um, we went down. I think rightfully so. I don't think we were. I mean, the only guy I'd say was that year, Charlie Austin. He he done the business. Jamie, you know I were I think, you playing? Yeah, I was playing. Yeah, I think the rest of us. We were below par. Do you know what I mean? I think that's an honest assessment. I don't know, some people might think differently, but that was that'd be. I mean, Matt Phillips also done quite well, I'd say. But yeah, apart from that, the rest of us we had the Chilean boys, Vargas, uh, Isla, right back, um, you know, Richard Dunn, Rio Ferdinand. We had, we had a lot of sort of big names, Rob Green, but we just we just didn't quite click. So 
Did it on your uh, initiation, though? I watched, oh, I watched that God, before. Yeah, it was brutal. It was brutal, yeah, <laughs> it's yeah. on YouTube. Uh, QPR initiation. It's a cracker. <laughs> You're just giving that another 100 views now, aren't you? <laughs> no, yeah. Brutal. Um, yeah, but I did, I did it with Rio, yeah. So that was, that was a good experience, you know I mean, to like obviously play alongside someone who I, you know, greatly admire, you know, he's, what a career he had, you know, so. You've nicely swerved that. What was the initiation? Let's skip past that bit. What did I do? City High. Yeah. City High, yeah, yeah. I don't know what I was thinking. Do you know that? I don't know what. I was, you know what I think? I think I over fought it, you know what I mean? So it was like, I just went up. Oh, God. Is there a bit of a rap in that? Yeah. Yeah, there's a bit of a rap in there, yeah. yeah. Was it before a game? In the ho- like a hotel job? No, it was at a restaurant. Oh, it's even worse. I literally just joined the team that day. Do you know what I mean? So at least oh. like Rio and whoever else had done it were there a bit before. But I literally just joined like in the morning, and it was out for dinner in the in the evening. And uh, yeah, I was straight up on on the on the chair at the oh. restaurant. Oh, Could bro. you give us a bit now? Oh, no, 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 no. <laughs> <laughs> days are over. <laughs> days are over. Honestly, I'm actually amazed. They don't do it in many clubs, though. You know? Did they not? No, I haven't done it for years now. For years, which shocked me. You know, I was thinking like, oh. especially when I came that. here for all right back in England. We're good, nah. Do you, you like it? Well, in it, nah. yeah. God, no. no, but I mean, do you think it's good for uh, <laughs> for introducing new lads? Not not necessarily doing it yourself, yeah. But being in the room and I think it's a good way to break the ice. Yeah. But it's horrible though. Like I know boys that literally sign for teams and they're all they're thinking about is fucking hell. I've got to do that this mm. evening. Like oh, the first away trip, you know what's yeah. coming. But we do it in Africa. We do it in Africa. So and that one in the tap. Oh, as soon as you hear it, you know oh. you can't even enjoy your meal, can you? Because you know <laughs> you know what's coming. Um, we do it in Africa. We do a tough one in Africa. So. Sierra Leone, we do um, 30 seconds a cappella and 30 seconds dancing. So normally one of the boys have got one or the other. Do you know what I mean? But here you're doing both, right? And it uh, has to be Afro beats as well. So when you get people like myself, who was born in England, yeah. grew up in England, haven't got that much rhythm. Cultural shift. I'm, like, I'm like, no, 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 no. But everyone's on. <laughs> everyone's on it. Yeah, if you just go in with a side, side. <laughs> oh, man. And they're all on there. <laughs> 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 a little shuffle. <laughs> <laughs> oh, the rest of the boys are all body bopping and all sorts of there like that. Jeez, man. Who was the best manager at QPR? Got Chris Warnock. Ramsey. Chris Ramsey? Chris Ramsey, for sure, yeah. yeah. Chris Ramsey. I really enjoyed Jimmy Hasselbank as well. But Chris Ramsey, for me, I, I worked with him as a kid at Tottenham. And he, he's one of the best, Jeremy. His knowledge of football, his understanding of the game, understanding of people, really, really good, you know. I, I really enjoyed him. I really enjoyed Hasselbank. Hasselbank was funny because Hasselbank was insane on the fitness. It was just fitness, fitness. And he, like, he never used to run. Like, he never, <laughs> ever used to run as a player. Like, one of the laziest players ever. Yeah. Do as I say, not as I do. Yeah, literally. That, like, he's, he, was, he was extreme. Like, the boys were, like, blowing up. Do you know what I mean? I was like, Gaffer, like maybe, you know, I actually enjoy it. That's one thing, like even living like a madman was super fit. So like going back to the running days, I've just carried it through with me. So I could run, but some of the boys were like, we can't, we can't perform because we were so fucked during the week. I can't, I can't imagine Richard Dunn's a great runner. No, but he was, he, he was <laughs> under red nap. So he was all right. He was looked after. Do you know what though? He was quick. Mm. People don't understand how quick he was, you know, like you look at him, obviously he's a big guy and that, but he was, he was, he was good actually. I didn't mention him earlier, but he was good. Mm. I really liked him. I, I learned a lot from playing alongside him for sure. Is it right? Rogers came in for you when he was at Celtic? Yeah. 
Yeah, he came for his came also came with me in Liverpool. So after we'd left Swansea, he went there and they they tried to get me to come from Tottenham. And Tottenham said no. Do you know what I mean? And that was for around 20 million. It was the same year they got Joe Allen. So that, they'd said no that year and a year later sold me for 8 million. So that tells you something about my behaviour during that year where Tottenham have come around and gone, yeah. You know, firstly, they don't want to sell to their rivals, but to accept the bid from Cardiff's kind of like, yeah, like we know where this boy's heading. Like, And was word out at that time yeah, about sure. your behaviour yeah, amongst for, the football community? Yeah, for sure, for sure, yeah, yeah. It was interesting. Brendan still tried to sign me, though. That was that yeah. was, was interesting. But he just, yeah, he he liked me as a player and obviously knew I had potential. So yeah, and he felt like he could get it out of me. I think that's that's a difference. Like a lot of, like um, I'm sort of hanging myself out to dry in some sense. Obviously, the way I'm I'm describing it. But there were times in my career where if I had the right manager, i.e. Hasselbank, i.e. Chris Ramsey, like you could get a lot out of me. And how did you do that? Uh, I was doing AA. That's the game. I was doing AA at the time. So yeah. it's when I but kind through of through the from the support of the manager. Yeah, but just just I said it was respectful. I said it. It sounds so basic and so simple, but I swear, like I just how often do you actually get managers that respect you? It doesn't seem yeah. very often. Well, not in my experience. Do you know what I mean? Like just come back from uh, four years in Turkey, worked with Perlo for the last six months. I'm thinking Andrea Perlo, like this is going to be the one. Do you know what I mean? Like I can't wait to work under him. Like. He sat there smoking after the training with the other Italian boys. Do you know what I mean? And it's like when you when you've got your gaffer, your captain, and your your right back all sitting there smoking, like it's pretty hard to take him seriously. Do you know what I mean? It's pretty yeah. hard to have that level of respect when um you feel you're giving everything. These guys are instead of having a little smoke up and that. I know it's cultures. I know, I know, I know there's there's a difference in culture for sure. So I, I think in Italy it's it's not as big as what it sounds to us here. Turkey's the same. Turkey, I mean, I remember the first time, my God, the boy's pulling out a fag at half time. I was like, what the fuck? <laughs> <laughs> you know what I mean? You go for a shower after the game, which is a cloud of smoke. Do you know what I mean? The, you know, all the boys in there lighting up, lighting up. It's, yeah, it's like coming from England to there is like culture shock. You know what I mean? Do you th was it in hindsight a bad move going back to London? Uh, to QPR? Yeah. Probably, probably at times. Just got, yeah, going back to the madness. Bright lights the city yeah, yeah, obviously everything there is 24 hours. So probably, but I, at the end of the day, I, I think no matter where I was, I would have found yeah. a way because it, you know, it's part of my journey. Do you know what I mean? So, um, you know, I'm grateful for QPR giving me the opportunity. I'm just sad that it never worked out. You know what I mean? For, for many reasons. Sad for myself, sad for the club, sad for the fans. Do you know what I mean? It was just, it was a waste. It was... The amount of investment that club had, it could have been something special and it just just wasn't. Yeah. Would it be right to say that a lot of lads just went there for the final payday? Yeah, yeah, I think it's fair to say. I mean, there was a lot of senior boys there when mm -hmm. I went. It's part of the reason why they want to go. So when I said, you know, the Redknapp calling me for weeks because I I, I had uh, Southampton on the table uh, under uh, Pochettino um, and I had, um, who else? Palace with Tony Pulis. And um, I fancied either of them over QPR, but... I just, my agent basically it conveniently shut the door on them and sort of led me towards QPR. And uh, I remember sitting in the office, go, I want to go to Palace, I want to go to Palace. And uh, that's shit, isn't it, man? Out. Yeah, oh, that's shit. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I mean, we're friends today, but I, I left him um, when I sort of, sort of came to the end and, you know, 25, 26, where I was like at the rock bottom and he tried to send me to Moscow at one point and I was like, I can't, I can't go to Moscow. I'm injured. Is this why you were at QPR? 
the ones at QPI, yeah, because I was at a club were trying to offload me, yeah. um, and uh, it just it just wasn't right, you know what I mean? And um, and uh, that was after that. Shortly after, I left and uh, I left him and parted ways. But um, I know he's he's been on his own journey, do you know what I mean? And we're 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 friends today, do you know what I mean? We'll we'll often talk and have a conversation. But back then, I just felt like I was being pushed to to Russia after already being pushed to QPR, and I was like, it's not going to do me any good. Well, it came back in for you though, didn't they? That's all happening. They did a few years later, probably off the back of that, probably because they knew, obviously they wanted me previously. And um, I, I guess that's where that kind of came from. But I mean, Kuman didn't have a clue I was 100%. Turned up in his office, he didn't know I was. He did not, he did not know who he was signing that day because I walked in, shook his hand, you get that little look at me. <laughs> What's this? Yeah. <laughs> and um, I'm sure it was Les Reed. He was like, do you want to have a moment to speak to Stephen? He's like, no, 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 it's fine. I'll speak to him. Yeah, tomorrow so I was like okay cool nice to meet you and just walk back out <laughs> so that was kind of it and um started the first few games well um he then signed Van Dyke, who was his signing was on the bench behind Van Dyke and Jose Fonte can't really argue with that to be fair do you know what I mean but obviously felt confused like why did I come here and then through injury I I played at Southampton and it was at a mare we had a, we played um Liverpool we lost 6-1 in a cup at a mare at a mare and uh you just like you just sat there afterwards in your car, just thinking, "What are you doing?" Six one, it finished. Kuman never trusted me again after that. Oof, no chance. You know what I mean? So that was that was it. It was kind of over before it started. And then from then on, with you not being involved, was it a case of every Saturday just triggers of negativity, not in the, not involved? Yeah, definitely going off the rails. Yeah, yeah. Again, things just spiraling. So I actually, uh, the doctor there pulled me in and said what's going on, you know, because you're turning up and I could smell the alcohol in your breath because I'm obviously trying to say I'm sick and stuff like that. And um, he at the time thought he was helping me. So he said, look, you need to go and speak to, to the gaffer. And I said, I'm not sure about that. No, 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 you need to speak to the gaffer. Like, that will help you. Went to go speak to him. Who's the gaffer at this point? Uh, Ronald Koeman. Oh, right. Yeah, 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 right. yeah, just a, a nightmare. Yeah, I just went in, said to him, oh, no, you know, I've been struggling really bad with the, the gambling, the alcohol and that. And... Uh, he just felt uncomfortable, Jamie. He didn't know what to do. He's like, oh, you see it. this pitch behind me. This is where you need to, this is where you'll solve your problems. Jamie, you, know you need to get out there and play more, focus more out there. That's going to help you. And uh, I don't blame him for that. Like, how would he know any different? Jamie, mm -hmm. he's not a therapist. You know, to be a coach, you never have to do any sort of emotional intelligence courses or anything like that. Mm -hmm. So he doesn't know. Jamie, you know I mean? he's just said what he feels worked for him. And uh, it just, I felt even more alone. And, uh, and obviously then, you know, just like that, isn't it? Do you know what I mean? Yeah. They put you out of squad then and you're just kind of, yeah, you're just kind of there, but not really there. So just waiting. And then and then uh, the phone call come for Liverpool. Um, <laughs> just, just like that. <laughs> just like that. So the team I've just had an absolute mare against and lost 6-1, contact my agent whilst I'm drunk in Dublin because uh, I was out of squad at Southampton. So I'd gone to Dublin for a piss up and... Um, I was there, off my head, woke up, still fully clothed, lying on the floor, just thinking, fucking hell. My agent's two missed calls. I'm thinking, oh, no. The papers is what I'm thinking, do you know what I mean? It's going to be along those lines. Pick up. He says, you never guess what? I said, what? He said, Liverpool want to sign you. I said, nah, I must still be drunk, 100%. <laughs> He's like, no, no, no. Like, seriously, where are you? I said, I'm in Dublin. He's like, get yourself back home now. Like, I just went for one more phone call, but this is nearly done. It's a very good chance to happen. He's getting yourself... 
just wake my friend up. I'm slapping him like he's out cold. <laughs> he's like, like, get up, get up. He's a scouser. Yeah. So I'm like, I'm, I'm coming back to Liverpool. Part of him's excited. The other part of him's thinking, shit, shit. I can't, I <laughs> he's going to be playing for my fucking team. He can't be, it can't be. I'm like, no, 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 I'm serious. I'm serious. So you obviously get downstairs, water, 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 like shower, get freshened up. Do you know what I mean? Jump on a plane back. And uh, that same evening I was... On a on a train uh, up to Liverpool, and uh, and that was that. Jeremy, you know I mean? that was that. That that was on the I don't know Sunday, I guess. Monday I sign. Tuesday we're playing Arsenal, and I come on up front. Jeremy, you know I mean? so you can like it's just it's, a whirlwind. Isn't it? <laughs> it's like absolutely insane. Jeremy, you know I, mean? I remember I, I was on Instagram at the time, and I put something up on Instagram just saying, if you told me Saturday night that um, <laughs> I'd have a I'd have a chance to to come on at Anfield. Or, Three days later, I'd find I'd have, I'd have set up more chance of winning the lottery. Do you know what I mean? Like it was just, it was surreal. You know what I mean? The odds of that was one one in a billion. You know what I mean? So great, great experience. Do you know what I mean? Got I the, know you it, said uh, Kuman didn't, he kind of half fucked you off, but what did Klopp make the sign and like was he? No, nah, couldn't have, couldn't have. That's what I mean. That year was just a mad year. It must just, my agent was just pulling strings for sure. I mean, how could he have signed me? I said, we, we, we got smashed 6 0. You know what I mean? 6 1, sorry. The, the, you know, the two months before it. So, um, no, I was getting all kind of banned out. The boys are texting me if Carlsberg did agents. Uh, <laughs> 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 how, how soon after you've been, when did you play against Arsenal? The, uh, I think it was Tuesday or Wednesday. The Tuesday, and you arrived on the Monday? Yeah. So, as a defense, so has he just turned around, can you play up front? With glasses? Yeah, I've got an idea. Yeah, no, you know what? I, I, I remember now, it must have been a Wednesday, right? Because Monday I signed, and Tuesday I trained, and then Wednesday Five was the game. went up from... Right, no, I didn't get a chance. Honestly, <laughs> like, I, I actually thought, I was shitting myself, because I thought I'm going to start here, because they had seven centre-halves out injured. And I was thinking, oh my God, like, I'm going to start. Like, am I even sober? Like, how the fuck am I going to do this? Like, I was panicking to go. that train journey up? I was panicking, like, because I hadn't been taking care of myself. I was a mess. And uh, I said, I was in the madness. I was fully living it. So um, I was worried. But it just, yeah, I mean, he, I don't know who played center half. I can't remember. But he put someone else in. And then he said to me, come get warm. And I'm thinking, we're losing 3 2 here. And he's like, no you're coming on, I'm going to put you on up front. I was like, what? So I didn't get time to ask him then. Come on. We end up getting the equaliser. Um, and uh, after the game, he's just coming over, high-fiving me. Like, you see, you see, they all think you're, they all think you're crazy until it works. And I was like, yeah, it's true. Do you know what I mean? It's true. And uh, yeah, and I just sat there. I was just sat there for the change of about ages, just thinking, whoa, what's just happened? What's Do you happening? know what I mean? Like, my dad was there to see it as well. He's got the, he's got the, uh, he'd driven up. So beautiful moment. Do you know what I mean? Like, that's, that's special. Like, no one can take that from yeah. me, Jimmy. That's special. So I enjoyed it. So you're in Temple Bar Saturday night, absolutely off your trolley. Yeah. And Wednesday night, you're making your debut for Liverpool when you've gone to Dublin as a Southampton player. Exactly. Up front as well. Don't forget that bit. It's fucking bonkers, isn't it? I mean, things did change for two months. For two months, obviously, gone there. It's a chance for lifestyle. Do you know what yeah. I mean? So... Although I was white knuckling it, I didn't know how to deal with my addiction. I was, I somehow was dealing with it because obviously I wanted the opportunity, do you know what I mean? And uh, the opportunity just never came. Uh, a couple of runouts up front, played one game as a centre half, did all right, it was against West Ham. Um, yeah, done okay. Like, um, we then had the cup replay against West Ham because we drew that one. And uh, I'd done my back in 
And uh, oh, it's in a spasm, you know, the horrible spasms, right? And I'm like, nah, just, just run off, just run it off, run it off. Just couldn't get rid of it. Just, I just could not get rid of it. So the the morning of the game, I had to tell him, like, look, I, I, I can't play. Although I tried to get through training yesterday, like, because I was due to start. I was like, I actually can't play. Like, I was devastated. Like, and he just, from that moment, he wrote me off. And I just, I think he wrote me off as one of those guys who's like, he doesn't want to play or he's scared to play or something. You know what I mean? And it couldn't have been further from the truth. It Like, I'm not that guy. I've, I've played with all, I've done my knee and been out for three months. I've still played 90 minutes. Do you know what I mean? I've done the, done the left knee, done the same thing. I've played with broken fingers, broken hands, all sorts of, like, I'm that guy who just plays, you know, like the adrenaline's pumping. Just couldn't do it. Didn't want to let the team down as well, to be honest with you. I thought, you can't go there and you can't move. So, um, and he just, that was it. It's my moment, gone. So as soon as that went, and I felt it go, because then he started putting me with the under 23s to play every week, I was like, nah, like, that's, you know, that's not on. We, we, you see it all the time, you know what I mean? The managers just go, you're not for me. Out you go, get down with the kids. And uh, He's letting me down, Jürgen, there. Imagine that, I had to play against Tottenham under... 23s, that one hurt. That one was like, nah, the shame, you know what I mean? And then the <laughs> Southampton one, I threw a sticky, I'm not gonna lie. I said, I'm not, I'm not, I'm not playing. Do you know what I mean? I knew I couldn't say I'm not playing because you're breaking your contract. I literally, I said, I'm sick, I'm sick. I said, you, I, I could not go and play Southampton under 23s. I can't, no way. No but way. I think that's your way of thinking right the way through because at the end of the day, you're still at Liverpool. You're still getting yeah. a move to Liverpool. Yeah, Liverpool under 23s. You know I know, but it's not as bad as what I know, but Do how it felt at the time, I no, I was so embarrassed and ashamed of where I was at. I said, no way, I can't do that game. I did the Tottenham one and I said to South, no, I can't do it. So I just said, I'm sick, I can't come in. And uh, I, I, well, I was fucking sick, you know what I mean? I was really sick because the way I was living my life at that point, after the two months of, of white knuckle and everything, I just, I just, I just gave in, I didn't like you know what I mean? I just said, I'm not gonna play, I'm, I'm with the 23s every week. I just gave in and then, straight back to the drinking, the gambling. And, uh, and that was why I, I then did my second stint in rehab. I left um, a few weeks, the season, a few weeks, or maybe a month, or four weeks early and uh, went to rehab. Jeez, man. What, what, was you ever, you know, with the, with the papers, have you ever look, woke up on a morning then and the front of the paper or you know, back of the paper and you're on it? Not on it because they obviously printed the day later, do you know what I mean? But they... They, they're on the story, you get the text. Do what you know is me? your thought process here? Yeah, oh, fuck, I mean, like the club's gonna go mad. Yeah, I'm fucked. How am I gonna explain this to the club? Yeah. That's the first one. Jamie, you know I mean? then how am I gonna explain it to my parents? Um, what can I say? What can I do? You know, all of that. And then the papers don't care, do they? They're, they're horrible. Like, that's one thing I would not hold back on is the scumbags that, that I've come across in that industry. Like, like, yeah, yeah I mean, I've, I've yeah, I've done a lot of it. I said, I, I look back and I, I apologise, but them, I'm like, I can't even just say to me, myself that they're doing their job because I think they go above and beyond their mm. job. No conscience. To, to, to just be an arsehole, you know what I mean? Mm. Like, I remember talking to one of them, like, he's outside my house with a camera. I would jump out the back, went round to his car, just grabbed the, the camera, do you know what I mean? And he's like, rest with me. I said, what are you doing? Like, what are you doing? Seriously, I was like, I've, I've, I've got a son, like, I've got a girlfriend, like, just leave me alone. Do you know what I mean? Like, I'm in a bad situation. You write enough stories anyway. He's like, oh, no, I'm sorry. You know, da 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 whatever, and all that. And I said to him, look, like, just take your camera. Just leave me alone. Do you know what I mean? He said, no, no, we're all sorry. Two hours later, fucking quotes me. Do you know what I mean? Quotes me from that, put it in the paper. He's just like, see, this is what I mean. I just wish that I'd grabbed the camera, just threw it in the road or something. But 
you, I, I'm not that person, do you know what I mean? So although I'm hurting and I, I wanna, I wanted to hurt him, I wanna throw his camera. I'd be lying if I said I didn't, do you know what I mean? I, but I'm not that guy, like, so I try to believe the good in him. And uh, yeah, I've not had a good, I've not had a good experience with, with newspapers, that's mm. for sure. Uh, Was it when you went back to QPR again that you did the Guardian article? Yeah, that was it. Yeah, that was that time. Uh, How do you look back on doing that article? What was your oh. thought process there? Because you've based, because from my perspective, when I first read read it, I was like, it's a brave thing to do this. Yeah, especially at that point in your career where you you basically and get all the dirt yeah. watching where yeah. you are mentally, where you gambling. It and took everything. it took away it took away a lot of the people being able to say this and this and, and use stuff against me because I I owned it like I said earlier I just owned my stuff so that that freed me up a lot. Um, I had a lot of people stop me in the street and say like, thank you. Thank you, you know, yeah. they've struggled so much. And that was really heartwarming, to be honest, to have that on, on more than one occasion, do you know what I mean? So that, that felt great. In terms of football, it was a, it was a fucking diabolical decision, do you know what I mean? In terms of what the football world thought of me, it was like, pfft, do you know what I mean? Football just turned its back like ASAP, you know what I mean? That was, that was it. That was like the final piece to go, yeah, put him out. Um, it just shows how it's just all bullshit. Though, the fact that the talk about within football, mental health is at the forefront and we've got to talk to people and then yeah. you come out and talk about it, yeah. say the situation you've been in and then no one wants to fucking touch oh, you because just, of it. Like, and trust me, like I, I would say it's improving, right? But very, very, very slowly. And I, I said it at the start, I wouldn't encourage it. When the players call me, because I have players who would would surprise most, obviously I'd never ever give their names, but would surprise a lot of people who are struggling, who reach out to me. And so when I'm sitting on these forums, cause I do a lot of like public speaking now and stuff. And I was in one the other day with FA, with the FA and stuff. And I'm thinking to myself, well, if what you're doing at the clubs are so great, right? Cause I'm, I'm, I, sh I fully respect that people are trying, right? I, I, I respect that they are, and they're trying to make noise and, and they're not really backed. So I, I would love to, to elevate their voice, but, if they believe what is, is working, why are the players not comfortable enough to speak to you? Why are they reaching out to me while I'm in Turkey? Why are they reaching out to me? Yeah. Do you know what I mean? Why, why are they, I mean, the reason why is because I, one, I'm because I'm relatable. Do you know what I mean? And two, because they know they're not going to be judged and, and held respond Like, they're not, there's not going to be consequences for telling me. I've said all that before. Yeah. yeah. You still, what, 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 whatever yeah. they say, you still, is a manager going to play someone on a Saturday who's come to see him on a Thursday and said, I'm struggling? Yeah. They're not going to play him. Yeah. Like it's, it's literally as simple as that. And can you can you blame the manager? I, I would. I, would, I don't want to blame the manager. The reason why I say that is, look at managers now. They're four or five games. Yeah. Tell mm -hmm. me, they're four or five games. To win. They're thinking, oh, can I trust him? Can I trust him? If I fucking lose this game, they will lose next week. I'm out. Yeah. You know what I mean? So the whole system is is gone. But in terms of like them saying talk, talk to, I, I don't campaign for that. Like, I don't just say talk to anybody. Do you know what I mean? Like, I don't campaign for that because I know. Uh, that's not the most helpful thing to say. You know what I mean? Talk to the right person. Yeah, who is the right person? Well, is that sound a professional them out. outside of the game? I think so. I think so. That That's what works for me. Do you know what I mean? And also the other thing as well is, is try several people. You know, I tried 15, 20, 25 different therapists. Do you know what I mean? And I've had people put me in front of the guys with the suit and tie who are a thousand pound an hour or whatever crazy rate, you know, when the club's paying, because I wouldn't be paying that, you know what I mean, right? And, uh, <laughs> and um, I can't relate to the guy, you know what I mean? I, I can't relate to him, you know? Whereas the guy I, I work with is, is uh, 70 quid an hour, um, scouser, lived it, do you know what I mean? 20 years uh, clean now, whatever, but but he lived it, he gets it. He doesn't judge me when I talk to him and we, we have that, connection that's what works for me so i often say that to people like 
don't just try one, you know, you don't just go to one pub and decide, I said, I don't like drinking, do you know what I mean? You don't like nights out. You're going to go to that pub, to that club, that bar. You're going to try various different, you know what I mean? I think it's the same with therapists. You should move around a bit, try and see what works for you. That's interesting for people listening, I think. Because mm. there's yeah. always, you can pick up the phone to anybody and it might not work for people. Yeah, yeah. Well, it's good to know that there's always somebody there yeah. that you will yeah. be able to relate to. I think so. Because you have so many people who say, I've tried that. I've tried that. Yeah. Like, well, who did you try? They tried that person. I thought, oh, that, that person didn't work for me either. It's not to say that person's not good. It's just not, for, it doesn't work with your story. Yeah. In, term, in terms of options when you left QPR, because you went to Dundee, was it Dundee or Dundee United? Dundee. Was it limited? Yeah, limited, yeah, for sure. Yeah, lots of agents calling up, but nothing actually concrete. So yeah, it was limited. Um, other than one or two snippets in China, but... I just, I wasn't ready for something like that. You know what I mean? I wanted some kind of normality. And was it normal? And did it work? <laughs> far from it, far from it. My <laughs> God, it was, it, was, uh, it was insane. It was like incredibly good. Like I, I really, really enjoyed it. But um, my God, yeah, I joined. I felt so normal there. You know what I mean? I felt normal because I was looking around and I was thinking, but if I'm fucked, he's fucked as well. Really? <laughs> so like, We're all fucked here. That's it. Yeah. <laughs> you got <laughs> He's one of the boys, he's playing on tag. He can't play away games. <laughs> so I was like, okay, this is great. Like, the got... manager never said all to that. No, that exactly, to me. exactly. Like, literally. Um, but that literally is the ice on the cake. He, we had a player playing on tag. You know what I mean? So it's just, that, that just kind of sets the bar there. Where you, where's your head then? I mean, because you were too embarrassed to play against Southampton. Yeah. You're at Dundee now with a lad with the tag at side of you. It's just completely different because the boys just made me feel human. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like I just felt human there. I didn't go in there as Stephen Corker. I just went in there as one of the boys. Do you know what I mean? And uh, whereas at Southampton, I'd felt like I'd gone in there as Stephen Corker, the failure from Southampton or Stephen Corker, the failure from Liverpool. I didn't feel that. I feel like the lower down, I don't know, my feeling is probably a little bit less judgment, but that might just be the way I feel, to be fair. It might not be nothing to do with them guys. But um, we're more just together. I mean, the less money involved, the boys are in it together. You know, obviously, when you go to that next, next level, you know, I was at Tottenham, you've got boys there on five million a year plus, do you know what I mean? So it's uh it's a different kind of atmosphere. Yeah. yeah. And imagine there's less bullshit there as well. Yeah. Well, I don't know. Yeah, what in Dundee? Yeah. Oh, just for sure, yeah. Honest. Yeah. If you're not playing, you're not playing. Not gonna fill you yeah. full of shit. Yeah. It was mental though, like the gaffer he, he, <laughs> he had one guy's captain, and then he he stood up on a table at Pizza Express and was like give a fuck what a gaffer says, we're fucking getting on it. We're fucking getting on it today, boys. We're getting fucking smashed. So that's gone back to the gaffer. So he's armband off him. Give, <laughs> gives the armband to me. Did take long for the armband to be off me. <laughs> I, was, um, I was setting off fire alarms in some hotel in, in Dundee on some, during some blackout on some mad night out. So that was gone from me. And, um, and then the next guy, he's arrested and put on tag. Do you know what I mean? So he's gone through three people. Gaffer's just like, don't know what to do anymore. I don't know what to do. <laughs> do you know what I mean? It's just, we kept him up though. We kept him up. Went there with a job to do to keep him up. We kept him up. Do you know what I mean? Like, cause we had, the boys were just so together. Like, it's brilliant. And then we had like good players. Glenn Kamara, he's gone on to do well at Rangers and that. So we had a couple of good players as well, but it's just the togetherness, you know, like we all go to the stadium, get changed, jump in a minibus. We're driving the minibus, do you know what I mean? Like to get to training. Um, I wasn't because I still didn't have a license at the time. <laughs> do you know what I mean? But it's all just a banter and that, you know what I mean? So, so even though you're still like off the pitch, still isn't great. Yeah. Do you think you got your love for it back? Love for football? Yeah, back? I did there. I did there. I really did. I really did. So after five games, I got offer from Rosenberg, right? 
and uh, they offered two million pounds for me to to go there, like as a transfer fee. And I say this because I remember everyone in Scotland like that's not true. That's not all the fans like that's not true. Dundee would have accepted it. It is true. Like five games in, Rosenberg were there in in Scotland ready to do a deal, right? And uh, one agent had been messing these guys about and everything. So Neil McCann called me up, came to my house again. I'm thinking, shit. <laughs> like, what's he want? I want to speak to you. I'm thinking, <laughs> this is it's 10 a.m. on a Sunday morning. I'm like, what the fuck? You know what I mean? Comes in and I'm just like, just there under the table, hands dripping. And he's like, look, what's this about Rosenberg? And I'm like, what? It's like, I know the club's here to do it. You want to get the deal done? Look, like, stay with us. And I'm like, sorry? I didn't, I didn't know what's going on. So explain the situation. So part of my contract in going there, because they obviously couldn't pay any serious money, we had a contract where 66% of any transfer fee goes to me. So like... I'm now sat there going, hold on a second. This is a, this is a, oh, this is a, this is a good deal. This is a good deal. You know what I mean? And um, I speak with my agent who now was was one of my best friends at the time. And um, he he was like, look, like we got this already after five games. Like, I'm sure there'll be more to come. Do you know what I mean? Like Rosenberg were, you know, a good team. Obviously the Europa League or whatever, but it just yeah. felt like, you know, I don't know, five games, just got here. You know what I mean? And uh, so decided to, to sort of stay. And uh, my God, this, we thought, oh, come the summer, we'll be jetting off somewhere. You know what I mean? Nah, it's come the summer, zero. And then he's on the phone to Rosenberg daily, like, Jerry, <laughs> sure? like still want Corker, you still want Corker. They're like, no, not right now. Like, we've, we've, we've got someone else. Obviously, you know, is they have a list of players, don't get you, they get somebody else. And uh, oh, we're just like, shit, 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 what are we going to do? I mean, so, um, and then I was unemployed for six months, literally. So, oh, man, so, man. so that was like, even I didn't believe the Rosenberg story. You know what I mean? Even I would look back was <laughs> like, could that have been real? Could I have literally got 66% of a two million pound transfer plus your wages to play Europa League and gone, nah, I'll stay at Dundee. Could I have done that? Because I fucking did. But you know what I mean? But, but, <laughs> like, part of me looks back and go, wow, you are nuts. You know what I mean? Like, you are actually nuts. Like, forget the gambling. They're one side. What about this? You know what I mean? So since then, I've told myself, if you get a move that comes, I'm going. You know what I mean? There's no hesitation. You know what I mean, if I get a move that's, you know, financially good, I'm going to take it because of my financial situation. You know, whereas before I'd think about the boys, the team, the fans, my parents, you know what I mean? Whereas at some point in my life, I had to go, Think about yourself first, you know, like put yourself first and then you can help the rest of the people, you know? So, uh, yeah. If I were your agent, mate, you'd have been at fucking Rosenberg. <laughs> you'd have been at fucking Rosenberg. Mark my words. Yeah, yeah. Mark my words. You don't even know where Rosenberg is. Love the Portugal. Yeah, you signed that four-year deal at Tottenham. That's it, Rosenberg. Six month unemployed and yeah. then is it a case of just ringing anybody in any, any country anybody and everybody went to Holland uh, Pierre Van Hooydonk was brilliant for me he was really good he took me in a, a Nark Breda just went into the trial there and um, they were the first team to then offer me something but it came at the same time where uh, the, the Turkey opportunity had sort of sort of come about so it wasn't uh, between the two I was like Turkey for sure Mark Brader were nailed on to go down the bottom of the league but he was really good I have to mention him he was really good sort of looked, up, looked so after so what me. are you doing in this six months 
Train on my own, train on my own, calling people, train on my own, calling people. You actually calling clubs direct? Yeah, yourself. I did. My agent was, and I, well, I thought, let's try the personal touch stuff. So I'll do it. You know what I mean? So I was just calling people myself. It's just for, from an outsider football perspective to think about a footballer with your A sheet, sheet of paper there with club numbers on and yeah. ringing up. Yeah, desperate measures, Chris, eh? Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, no, I was desperate for sure. Um, did you have da- numbers direct to who you need to speak to or are you going through to reception? Yeah, there was a guy called Dom. There's a guy called Dom, uh, Dom Firefield, amazing guy, works for the Athletic now. He, I did I did the article with him in The Guardian. Right. So what a guy, like, you know, I, said, I mentioned earlier the bad guys in the media, him, what a guy, like, whenever I need a number, it's two minutes, bang, straight in, do yeah. you know what I mean? So they got no escape then. Do you know what I mean? I'll call them and they're like, <laughs> they can't. That they can't. thingy number, private number. That's it, that's it. Do you know what I mean? But, um, oh, there's loads of people who just just ignore me. Steve Bruce, called Steve Bruce. He picked up. He said, oh, hi, Steve. And I said, yeah, explain the situation. He went, just busy. I'll call you back in two minutes. I was like, oh, sure. So I've sat in the car waiting, thinking, oh, well, I won't go in the house now. I'll just wait for him to call back. 45 minutes later, I'm thinking, maybe he's forgot. I'll ring him. Nah, text. Nah, nothing. Zilch. Never heard back from him again. Do you know what I mean? I'm like, see things like that. Like, I struggle to respect them. You know what I mean? So I yeah. bump into him now. I struggle to respect him. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? For me, that's difficult. That's Just till we don't need no one. It's that's probably enough, in it? That's all you need. Like, yeah. how difficult is it? Like, so I respect the ones who go, oh, hi, Corks, hi, Stephen, whatever. Um, listen to you talk for a minute or two, or, or if it's a text message, just look, sorry, mate. Like, not for us at the moment. We don't, we don't need anyone or we're not looking for that position or not for us. That's it. Do you know in that six months, mm. we, we speak about triggers of getting left out on a Saturday as, as being the lowest of the low at that time. What was that like six months without getting paid, without a club? Mm. How were you? Uh, well, the first little bit of it, I was gambling and drinking, but that was actually where I got sober. It was actually, I think the acceptance came at that point, like it's done. Like yeah. it's, it's actually done. Do you know what I mean? It's done. So, where did you get that strength from? Sorry, because if anything, yeah. listening to your story so far, yeah. that's a career-ending period yeah. for me. That well, that's what, but months. the part of it. It's interesting you say that. That was part. I didn't want my story to end like that. You know what yeah. I mean? Like I just I didn't want to be like. I always knew I wanted to tell my story, right? But I did. I didn't. I wanted to tell my story from a position of strength. I always felt like if I'm that, I just sound like I'm moaning. I sound like I'm crying. Like oh, this team did this. This team did that. Like yeah, people would listen to you. But it wouldn't carry the same weight. Whereas now I'm sat back here now going, you know what? Yeah, I went to Turkey for four years. I'm now playing in the championship. And I'll tell you, like, that period there, I couldn't get a team. I couldn't get a team to say, Courts, come in here and train for a little bit. You know what? Come on, try. No, no team would accept that. So yeah. that must have been some experience in Turkey then, because we've had Kevin Campbell on, haven't we? Yeah. With, like, slaying the goat and all that, <laughs> wasn't it? Oh, we had that. Yeah, we had that. We had that last year when things weren't going well. We had that, yeah. What the fans were doing that? No, the, the, the team. Yeah, the team. Yeah, yeah, we had it. Yeah, one training session because we'd, we'd had so much bad luck that year. They're like, got to kill the goat. We're going to kill the goat, lads. I'm sorry, lads. Yeah. Yeah. Dire straits, we're going to have to kill the goat. <laughs> Man, I've lost three in a row. I've lost three in a row. Get them in the south, 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 Jeff. You can surely understand, mate. We've lost three in a row. Fuck <laughs> me. Were it totally different to what it like, what you thought, Turkey? Like the, uh, the fans and all that? Yeah, the fans were good, but the, not all stadiums. I mean, a lot of stadiums are empty. You know what I mean? Like, it's actually quite interesting. Like, um, you obviously get your big three slash four that are obviously sold out every week, but a lot of them are empty. But when you do go to the ones where there's fans, the atmosphere is so good. Like, it's really, really good. It's nice to be a part of it. Um, off the pitch, just madness. Crazy place to live. Very different, you know, like... 
Um, I mean, as an example, most of the women there are, are either virgins or married. Do you know what I mean? There's no in between. You know what I mean? It's right. just like you sort of go straight into marriage, especially from a young age. Um, there's only a couple of bars that sell alcohol, and it's like, even if I don't want the alcohol, I, I, I mean, I'm, I mean, I, I'm one of the people. I, I don't mind being around it. I know some obviously alcoholics are like, no, I can't be around it now. Like. I don't mind it. I don't mind going out with the boys and being around it. Um, I, I enjoy the atmosphere sometimes, you know? So um, to have nothing, literally nothing, to have two bars that are only open on a Saturday in the whole city, yeah. a little you, bit difficult. And if you're you're going out with the fiance. <laughs> <laughs> so, well, you can shag us, but, but we've got to get married tomorrow. <laughs> Fuck shit. It happens every week, this. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so it was different. It was definitely that took slight. You had to kind of adapt to, to life yeah. there. You know what I mean? Um, very different. It's a life experience. No, oh, it, it honestly was incredible. I mean, it was it was really really good. Um, but I said, yeah, I think gas into different. The perfect for you, like you can sunbathe all day, train at night. Yeah, food after. Oh fucking hell! Food, food after. Yeah, so you'd be out in restaurants to two, three o'clock. Do you know what I mean? Because life was just late there. So you wake up around 10, 11 a.m. and just our oh, lifestyle was incredible. Do you know what I mean? It was just it was just so different to what you experience here. Um, I enjoyed that. Could you not stay there? As I could have. Your hands? I could have. No, no, I could have. It just <laughs> it, one of the, it, that was the period of my career where I was sober. I got all my shit together. I knew who I was. I knew who I wanted to be, and I, I did really well. So said so two two years in team of the season and stuff, and had the choice of all four of the big teams to choose from. So it's like, well, I want to move, you know, for the money, for the fame, for the, uh, the chance to be at a big club again. Like it just ticked every box. Um, I wanted that, you know. I just wanted to be in in the bright lights again. That was that was my main thing. I just felt like I'd wasted it at Tottenham and Liverpool. I wanted it again. Not as an ego thing, just as a a, a sort of career exactly. Just thing. just a bit like yeah, like I'm there, like Fenerbahce, Galatasaray, Besiktas. They're 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 Champions League teams. Do you know what I mean? It's like to have that like there again, you know, something to be proud of. I really wanted that. Uh, so I had all of them apart from Galatasaray, who was the one I wanted the most at that time. Um, but they just they just messed it about with offers. It wasn't in my hand. Trabzon was in my hand, uh, Bashakshir and, and Fenerbahce and Besiktas, right? So Besiktas were the champions from the previous year and they were Champions League. So any normal person, again, would have gone, thank you very much, Besiktas. I'm coming to you. Yeah. You know any Champions League football? Uh, I wanted Fenerbahce because I felt they were the second biggest underneath Galatasaray in Turkey. They're like the giants, them two. And they hadn't won the league for seven years at that point. And I'm like, I've got to go there. Like, they've got Ozil now. Like, they're going to win this year. Do you know what I mean? It's got to be. Like, it's got to be. So, chose them. Uh, less money than the others as well. Trabzon end up winning the league, right? Jack <laughs> Shear do what they always do. They're always flying high. Um... Besiktas obviously played Champions League, albeit they didn't get a point. They still had that experience in Champions League. And, uh, and I was at Fenerbahce where new manager came in two days in um, and was, he was nowhere on the card. So all this time we'd been speaking and negotiating, they had not at any point mentioned this guy. They like, he had come from nowhere. Um, and he just came in and was just like, basically to 10 of us, I don't want you. And I knew the second I shook his hand, I knew he didn't look in my eyes. I was like, that's not a good start. Mm -hmm. You know what I mean? And, uh, yeah, a month later, he's like, I don't want you going alone. Um, to be fair, a bit like the Van Dyke situation, Southampton, the guy they got in as my replacement uh, is a guy called Kim Min Jae. 
Now, if you don't know his name yet, you'll know his name very shortly. He uh, he came in from China because the coach had come from China. He brought him in. And uh, I'm thinking, oh, I'm losing my place here to a guy who's been playing in China for the last two, five years or whatever. I'm thinking, fucking hell. He was unreal. He was unreal. He's uh, now at Napoli. He's fucking Champions League, uh, top of the league, by all points. All sorts of teams of room for him. Do you know what I mean? He's had a hell of a, a journey. Good player. And again, it's one of the mad ones, isn't it? You're sat there and you're like, fucking hell, what chance have I got? Do you know what I mean? Like, Fenerbahce have had average centre-halves for years and they plucked this guy out for two million from China and uh, <laughs> I was like, it'd be 100 million to Madrid in the summer. And I feel well, fucking, what chance do I have? Do you know what I mean? Him and Van Dijk ahead of me. Like, I'm like, so, so yeah, just, just didn't work out. Um, uh, but yeah, I mean, that coach nearly went to Everton. And I swear to you, I was going to fly home and start protesting with the fans. <laughs> I swear to you. He weren't getting that Everton job. I swear to you. He weren't getting it. Nah, I weren't having that. No way. No way. Oh, yeah. So you, so you exchanged the the um, the delicacies in, in Turkey for a, for a wig and pie. Yeah, yeah. Quite just the same. Randomly, randomly. I just, I had enough in Turkey. It just felt four years, time to come home, time to be around my family. Um time to time to come home that's what it just felt right so I left and um so Colo reached reached out to me and was like look like I want you to, to to come in here and uh I'm looking at the league table and I'm thinking that doesn't <laughs> look too attractive do you know what I mean uh I'll see what else comes uh phone around from Rotherham um a couple other well look a lot of league one teams actually about seven or eight league one teams but they were the two championship teams. And then you're getting phone calls from America and, and, and Thailand and stuff. But I'm like, it's a chance to go back to the championship, you know? And I took it. I mean, I didn't take it straight away. I had to, I had to think because obviously I'd heard that, you know, they'd had issues at the club and um, obviously they weren't in the best of positions at the time, but I loved Colo, do you know what I mean? Like I played with him at Liverpool, one of the best guys in football, like such a good character. And I thought he's the kind of manager I want to work with, do you know what I mean? Someone who, I know loves his players who I know will be like energetic and all that. And I thought, yeah, I want to work with him. So, um, yeah, I did that. And then what did I get to two weeks? I think two weeks, two and, he, weeks. and he was gone. So it's another example of football. You mm. know? Seems like I've had a lot of bad luck as well with it all. <laughs> it feels like Do it. you know what I mean? You know, Give, like, over. <laughs> Give over. Give <laughs> over. <laughs> Admittedly, you, you probably admit yourself, you're not, probably not helped yourself at definitely, times. But definitely, yeah. You have had a bit of bad luck timing-wise and stuff. Yeah, timing's not been great on a lot of occasions, yeah. So, um, yeah, I just, I just put it mostly down to experience, do you know what I mean? So I, I came in, worked with Colo for that short period of time, enjoyed working with him. We got a result away to Cardiff. We then lost the game and he was out. And I felt it was, it was harsh, you know, obviously with the new gaffer come in. He's done well. I've uh, got a good relationship with him as well. Um... He's obviously trying to take the team in a different direction, but we're struggling for results. Do you know what I mean? So not much, not much has changed. Um, so I'm back. I'm in a dogfight. It's still good to be back in a, in a British change room with a British banner. Oh, I enjoy that. Do you know what I mean? Um, but yeah, we're, we're, as a club, we're, we're not where we want to be. From where you were five years ago, you know, training on your own for, you know, you've done well. Yeah. Five yeah. years. Yeah. Back in the championship. Yeah. And you still got the, you still got the hunger, aren't you? I think. Yeah. No, I appreciate that. Yeah, I, I, I feel like I have for sure. I still feel I've got the hunger to, to, to be the best, to be the best version of myself, um, to achieve things as a team. I've never won a cup. 
you know what I mean? That's one thing that I'm like, fucking, you're you know. in good company around this yeah. fucking table. Let me put it at fucking school, if I'm perfectly honest. <laughs> <laughs> You were saying... And I certainly didn't win the fucking 800 metres. <laughs> you were saying off air about what you're looking to set up, the, yeah. the after, aftercare. Yeah, the aftercare academy, yeah. So I've put a lot of focus into, into a company called Behind the White Lines. So it's something personal to me, um, as I've experienced very much life behind the white lines. So I think people have a perception of footballers and I'm sort of working hard to break down that image and actually show footballers more as human beings. Um, I think it'd be great for the players. I think it'd be great for the fans. And um, a big part of the Aftercare Academy is basically taking boys who have who have been in the academy system from eight to 18, get released and go, who the fuck am I? Like, where do I go now? I've got no qualifications. I've been out of school two, three days a week on, on, on day release and stuff like that. Who am I? What do I do? Where do I go? You, they're doing what I do. And they call every single club because I've got them all in my LinkedIn inbox. Do you know I mean, could you get me into here? Could you get me into the, uh, the parents approaching me? And I'm not, I'm not an agent. Like, I can't, I can't do this. And agents don't invest their time with the kids because they, they're thinking you've just been released. Like, you're not going to be worth nothing. And if you are, it won't be for years. So our academy, which hopefully will be launched in, in July, will be a place for players who've been released to come to us and that with us, they get the training. So they get the training every morning, professional training, with top level coaches, again, relatable coaches. So I've gone and got boys who are in the Tottenham Academy amongst your Harry Kane's and Andros Townsend's and all these guys who've been released. Some of them went on to be Uber drivers for a few years, got a bit lost and then, and then eventually came out and was coaches. So they'll be taking the sessions. We've got uh, games against professional academies. So we'll go and play against Liverpool and QPR. So you're in the, constantly in the shop window, which I think is good because I think so many talent just falls through. I, I think there's so many boys who get released who, who might not develop for, for six months or a year later. So with us, they'll have that chance. They'll have the, the emotional care. We're taking care of them emotionally. We're having workshops and all that kind of stuff and, and education. I'm, I'm part of the interview. So I, I sat down with... Um, Maxine Langton um, on Sunday, um, the mother of uh, Matthew Langton, who who sadly took his own life after being released from Mansfield. And I, the reason why I do these kind of interviews is because I want to show, like, that the, again, like the effects that that football could have on people. Because it's not solely down to football, but he was a, a football player, and that was his main focus. And he went to Mansfield uh, as a youngster, and. At 18, they turn around and go, you're not for us. And because he wasn't registered as a scholar, he instead was um, a, a resident. I, I don't even know, know that was a thing. He then couldn't go to any trials afterwards because he'd never been registered. So very shortly after, he's taken his own life. You know, and that's a family who are left to deal with the whole of losing their son. So I really want to uh, showcase that, again, the human side of not just the player, but the player's families, the player's wives. So that's a big part of, of my focus right now, working towards that. Um, yeah, and I'm just going to do lots of interviews with players and, and basically, you know, use my relationships in football over the last 14, 15 years. I've been to 15 clubs. So I know everyone, do you know what I mean? So it's a chance to actually use them connections for the good. So use my experiences, good and bad, and, and turn it into something really positive. It's incredible what you're doing, mate. Thanks. Yeah. The, the experiences that you've had, the, yeah. you, you're putting a positive spin on it. Yeah. Like you say, it's an experience that makes us who we are. And yeah. it's those experience of, you know, what you're doing now yeah. to with who you are now and yeah. wanting to make that difference. It's it's incredible, mate. Well done. Well done. <laughs> what? I thought that was nice, that, Chris. I'm going to sound like a teacher. Well done. Well done. Well done. <laughs> I haven't spoken about England. One cap, one goal. Yeah, one cut, one goal, yeah. Nobody can take that off your either, mate. 
Yeah, it just, I mean, that, that part of it was a blur, you know what I mean, to be honest. Was it? Like, yeah, it was a blur. It was just, it was, it was just um, it was a bit crazy, yeah. I was, I'd, uh, I'd actually scored against Man City for Tottenham on the weekend, and then on the, the Wednesday night, I'd scored a game for England against Sweden. On Came off at 2-1. People don't remember this bit. Came off at 2-1. We're winning 2-1, right? And uh, come and sat down on the bench, and the, the boys are like, fucking hell, you're going to be in the headlines tomorrow. I said, wow, it's crazy, like, you know. Uh, and then we watched the Zlatan show for the next uh, 10, 11 minutes where he scored the bicycle yeah, kick from yeah. halfway and lost the game 4-2. Uh, <laughs> <And>, uh, <laughs> See, uh, I, I know I'd have, been, I'd have been sat on that bench going, the fucking crap them, aren't they? <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah. yeah. Well, good luck with it all, mate. Yeah. Yeah. Hope it all works out. Thank you. Thank so you is it going to be, uh, you know, the, is it behind the white line? Yeah, behind the white lines. Is yeah. it going to be social media? Yeah, yeah. I've just, I've just opened it. I haven't started a post on it, but yeah, it's all open on Twitter, Instagram, LinkedIn, and Facebook and that. So, so lads, say lads have been released because it's going to be about this time, isn't yeah, it? Yeah, yeah, what, yeah. Do you advise them just to get speak, in touch? Get in touch with you. We, have a, we have a, we have a. If you come on our page, you can, you can register, and um, yeah, we'll take your details on board, and obviously come back to you about the the dates and stuff so i've gone i've been into wigan spoken there a couple of boys wanted to register um i'm going into liverpool i think next month uh, going down to plymouth as well so yeah i'm about i'm just trying to find time to manage it all jamie but i'm trying to go in to speak to the boys face to face given my experience and then they tend to open up a little bit more you know um i think wigan was shocked the other day how much the boys actually opened up because I stood there and just said my my stuff basically, and they're like, well, "Fucking hell, yeah, the boys are actually open." I'm like, "Yeah, if you try or maybe approach them in that way, then it helps, doesn't it?" But obviously, we need to get the right speakers into the to these clubs. So, um, yeah, fair play, man. Brilliant, Thank man. you, Top man. Thanks for coming on. Welcome. All Thank right. you very much. Nice one. When you make decisions for your company, you look for the no-brainers. If you have a lot of mailing to do, Stamps.com is the ultimate no-brainer. Use the Stamps.com mobile app to mail everything you need to keep your business running with up to 89% off USPS and UPS. Make the same no-brainer decision as over 1 million other businesses with Stamps.com. Use code PROGRAM for a special offer. That's Stamps.com, code PROGRAM. Confidence starts with loving who you are. And when your skin feels nourished and glows on the outside, you naturally radiate confidence from the inside. Give your skin a glow up with Osea's clinically proven Mega Moisture Duo. This ultra-hydrating body care features two of Osea's bestsellers, Andaria Algae Body Oil and Andaria Collagen Body Lotion. These seaweed-powered heroes use skincare-level ingredients normally reserved for your face for results you can see and confidence you can feel. Osea has been making clean, clinically proven seaweed-infused face and body care products for over 28 years. This luxurious skincare is vegan, cruelty-free, and climate-neutral certified, so you never have to choose between your values and your best skin. Glow from the inside out. Get 10% off your first order with code GLOW at oseamalibu.com. That's O-S-E-A-Malibu.com, code GLOW.